0: I am Spartacus. Number two. <laughs> I kind of want to keep it at this point. <laughs> I am Spartacus three. <laughs> Our Spartacus problem has been dealt with. Number two was identified as the real Spartacus. <laughs> uh and i would like to take this moment to welcome you to triangle square the playstation podcast i'm your host not spartacus (laughs) i'm your host brett beck and alongside me is an empty chair where we have dealt with the betrayal uh the betrayer and also a uh chris Fix over here chris how you doing buddy hi i'm doing good how are you Uh, Once Saul decides to come back in frame, then I'll let him do what he wants to amongst themselves. Oh, hey, there's a Saul. What's up, buddy?
1: I was having a stretch. What's up, everybody?
0: Uh, So a couple things to go ahead and catch up on. Uh, Two things. One, Chris was not here last week. So welcome back, Chris. Hi. Welcome Uh, back. And we will be getting your opinion on the Gran Turismo stuff that you wanted to talk about and kind of the overall topic um, just as a as part of kind of the community stake. We'll kind of lump it in together there, give you a chance to give your spiel alongside everyone else um, with GT7, but also the larger conversation of the type of DRM tactics that it employs, but. Uh, The other thing is I would like to go ahead and say that last week you may notice that we did not have a video version of the episode, and that is because the video was corrupt because the service that we use went down during recording, and I was only able to salvage the audio, which took a while, and when I finally figured that out. I was in a rush to put the episode out. So you may have noticed last week that I said that I would cut me going and checking for my dogs, the dead air that came with that. And that did (laughs) not happen. So I apologize. Hope that it made for fun listening. uh, And I'll try and be a little bit better. Hopefully that doesn't happen again today, but going to go ahead and get going with this show, the time honored way. And that is a good check in on Chris since he was not here last week. First, Chris, what have you been playing lately? Um, well, let's see. I
2: guess there's two weeks of games. So Elden Ring and then we've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire, Grand Theft Auto Five Enhanced and Extended Edition.
0: Enhanced and Extended? Is that actually what it's called?
2: That's definitely what they were calling it, right? It wasn't a GTA Five I, EE for a while.
0: I don't know. But anytime I hear the word Extended, I kind of think of those old Extends commercials that would come on when you're watching TV <laughs> at 3 in the morning. You'd be yeah. watching like Spike or something, and then it'd be like, here's Jerry. Jerry's happy because he used extends. <laughs> Apparently,
2: those pills used to make you like a Silent Hill character down there. So,
0: <laughs> what does you, that even mean?
2: means it would give you a pyramid head.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
2: <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> All right. Moving along. Uh, so, Grand Theft Auto 5. I heard you say that you felt like you were mostly through Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, again, yeah. is that still the case? Yeah, I'm on the. Third How long is I Grand Theft Auto Five? I feel like it's long, but I feel like I've gotten <sighs> through it pretty quickly too. Do you think it's because you know what's going on, so you like you can you you're kind of cutting out time by knowing what you're supposed to do?
2: Yeah, probably. But yeah. I think there's a lot of, like, I'm not doing the, oh, I'm just going to murder for an hour. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of just playing the story and doing, like, the side stuff. So it's definitely possible. We'll see. Debating yeah. going back for that platinum,
0: but I don't know. I don't know. What's crazy is there's people that already have the platinum, and I don't understand how, because if I'm it's not auto-pop. mistaken, trophy, or are they? Yeah, okay. I but
2: it's weird, because I auto-popped <clears throat> some trophies, but not other ones. It was odd.
0: Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. All right, Saul, check in on you. What's you been playing, buddy?
1: I've uh, still been playing a little bit of Triangle Strategy. Um, not so much this week, uh, like one, one night a week this week. Sure. I've been reading a lot of manga, <clears throat> and uh, I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Actually, not really a lot of Elden Ring. Uh, um, played like Monday, Tuesday, and yesterday. <clears throat> it's been a good chunk of it yesterday playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's still just kind of rolling through now that you've beaten it. I mean, do you find the game still has like a strong luster for you? Or yeah. is it kind of backed off a little since you've like i'm still
1: I'm still playing through uh I'm playing on my um new character I'm playing as a sorcerer, and yesterday there's a there's a new kind of magic in the game called madness, which is like frenzy from bloodborne weirdly enough um god I hate frenzy and bloodborne. well you get to use it on enemies now
0: oh um, that's okay
1: that's cool and uh in a in a in an odd way but and, enemies can still use it on you right in this game yes I can yeah. um uh, and me and Seth literally yesterday he came over after we played disc golf and we sat there for like three hours and made a build and kinda of ran through the first part of the game uh with that build and it was pretty fun. So has he beaten the game? Uh no, he is on the last boss. I he, knew he was very close. He hasn't he is uh he is I thought he had beat the last boss, but no, he had fought him once and he hasn't gone back to play him again.
0: Yeah. But I don't know how you keep doing that. What? Lifting up your Oh, why I don't car. know
1: either either way yeah that's that's been it this week for what i've been playing what have you been playing
0: uh gran turismo 7 i don't think i played some destiny um destiny 2 i hopped on since i've beaten um witch queen i hopped on and did the of worms and uh queens or whatever the quest was called where you get parasite cool quest uh I need to go back. It's not even that I'm not wanting to play Destiny. I am, but I've been just so caught up in Gran Turismo. Um, I beat Gran Turismo's campaign, if you want to call it that, the cafe system, which unlocks a bunch of cars for you and tracks and everything and and all the events and championships. Um, I beat that at like 2 a.m. Friday or Saturday morning, technically. Uh, Yeah, before we went and disc golfed. Yeah. Um, uh, So I did that. And I started doing some trophy cleanup and trying to look at some of the online stuff. And I, I say trophy cleanup as if I'm even remotely close. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Uh, I sent Chris a picture because he's like, it'd be crazy if you did. And I've gotten a couple of trophies I thought would be harder to get than, I, than they ended up being. Uh, and I got them naturally where I wasn't even actually aiming for them. So that was kind of cool. Um, Chris, I think the last time I sent it to you, I was at like 57 or 58%. I think right now yep. it's 67%. Oh, so I'm going through the 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 long run gets to a point where you've got to keep driving a ton and you got to get a ton of money. That's essentially what like the the point where I'm at where to get the trophies you really got to play. It's like I've got to buy three legendary cars that would have been used to win uh, Le Mans or um, I can't remember are the Nurburgring 24 hour versions. And uh, those are in the legendary, uh, legend, legacy cars, and they rotate through. So you have to find them randomly and then buy them, and they cost a ton of money. Um, so it's kind of a you got to wait until you see them roll through and then buy them. And when I say tons of money, sometimes like thirty million. Uh, so I've got a lot of racing to do, but I've got a lot of racing to do for all the mileage trophies anyway. So yeah, I've been having a great time with it. Uh, Saul finally got to try the uh, mm-hmm. the setup. Yeah, that's fun. And, it, you know, for all of you went from kind of being like, I, this looks interesting to seeming like y'all were kind of like, this is pretty cool. Big Seth, I think, surprised me the most.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I've always liked sim <sighs> games. I, I, I tend to like the Motorsport, Forza Motorsport sim versions better than Gran Turismo's because it is a little forgiving, more forgiving. Um from what I remember at least it's been I agree. Been literally since,
0: I, I haven't played a ton of Forza. It's but been
1: literally since three sixty since I played motorsport. But um yeah, I just Same, actually. um you know, I I if I had a setup like that, I'd be more inclined to play it, but I had didn't even finish Forza Horizon just because racing games they, they, they don't hold my attention as well as they used to.
0: Yeah, you did pretty well. Um, even first time on the wheel. I mean, you kinda had to get the understand the power yeah. and, and how to turn, but by the time that you were doing, you were doing all right. Um I, I knew when I put you on that race, I was like, "They're not gonna even remotely get close to any of the racers." There's just way too many turns, and you don't understand the car's power. And but it's a it's a good time. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Chris, are you still playing Gran Turismo Seven at all, or you kind of uh, just let it go with everything else you're playing? I let it go with everything else I'm playing. I want
2: to play it. It's not that it's not like I don't want to play. I just got other stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to find a way because now I've done exactly what I was worried about where there's so many games coming out and I have Gran 7 that I'm still wanting to play. I have Elden Ring that I don't really want to play. Like I do, but it's not calling to me in any way. Um, and I have Destiny 2, which similar, I guess. I, I have more want to play Destiny 2 than Elden Ring currently, but not just a massive amount more. And then Ghostwire came out. <laughs> and I'm going to get Ghostwire and I'm about to just go ahead and buy it, but I guess, I don't know. I think Ghostwire is probably going to jump in front of everything else because it's such a shorter game. Like, Part of Elden Ring's thing is everyone else is like, oh, it's like 100 hours and you're going to find all these things. And that's not really a big pull for me right now. (laughs) I think I'd rather just play something alongside Gran Turismo 7 that's not that long. And I would imagine that Ghostwire is probably going to sit somewhere in that 20 to 30 hour range. We'll see. If it's shorter, I don't mind. Um, So we'll see. But uh, I think from there, we're going to go ahead and move into the community's take before we do the news. And the community's take, of course, is based off last week's episode. uh, And we were looking at Gran Turismo 7 as a starter conversation for the game itself. But also in the long run, its form of DRM. So the question in play was, with Gran Turismo 7 moving toward an always-online setup, potentially ruining its legacy for players to revisit in 20 years should the servers close, what are your thoughts on this strange form of DRM and games that could exist offline otherwise? Um, And by that, of course, I mean games that don't inherently seem connected in any way that makes you feel connected, like a Destiny or something like that. Uh, Chris, I'm going to give you the, the podium to stand on for a second and kind of express any of the things that i know you listen to the episode so anything that you feel like we may not have covered or just a second for you to kind of give your thoughts to the audience i don't know it was nothing crazy i just i
2: think the i don't mind the, the drm and the only, only always online stuff i don't think that's an issue at all but i don't like
0: well why out of curiosity i it, it, just so i kind of understand your your standpoint there
2: because it's just that's how games are made. It's an online game. It's it's a leader a leaderboard is integrated into everything. Like it's inherently online. Even if you're racing by yourself, it's still an online game. It's just asynchronous at that point. So, like I don't. Well, I see, think the
0: difference is, is that leaderboards have existed in Gran Turismo since five, and mm-hmm. those games did not require you to be online to do so. I, I get where you're coming from, but I don't think that there's anything about those games that make you feel inherently connected. Yeah, but I don't think you need uh, to feel times, connected. You know
2: I, mean? I don't feel connected don't, all the time in Elden Ring, but if I turn, you know, and that's a bad example because you can't because play it, it has offline mode. But exactly. either way, during normal game, normal gameplay, you're online. You have to be a specific type of person to turn that off, which is okay. But, but I don't. The,
0: the, the, so the bigger question, and this is actually, the, I guess, my biggest form here, is what it does to games later. So say 10 years from now you want to play, and don't me wrong, Elden Ring has been a huge success, it'll probably still be around. But let's just look at the potential. 10 years from now, if you want to play Elden Ring, and Elden Ring was an online-only game, mm-hmm. and it did not have an offline mode, and there was no way. If the game couldn't connect to a server, it won't load, like a Destiny or two or something like that, or in the case of Gran Turismo 7, Gran Turismo. Um, then ten, 10 years from now, you can't play that game again, despite the fact that in all other ways, it would probably hold up. Could it, my example I used on Twitter the other day, like literally yesterday, uh, while I was talking to someone is, if I wanted to, Gran Turismo 4, I could put that into my PS3 right now to play the PS2 version. I could put my disc in, play Gran Turismo 4 to my heart's content. And that game came out 18 years ago.
2: Yeah, but why would you ever want to play Gran Turismo 4? It looks so ugly when we have Gran Turismo 7 coming out.
0: <laughs> Calm down there, Gr- Jim Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, Chris Ryan.
2: <laughs> oh, you make me sound even whiter than I already do.
0: Hey, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, we have a... No, I'm not going to say it. I was about to. <laughs> I was going to mess with you specifically for something I know you hate, but you know what?
2: Yeah, don't say That's it. That's not I'll what we're here to show. do.
0: I know you will. Um uh, <laughs> I know you will, um, and I don't. I hate that word too. It's all, awesome. <laughs> but uh, but I guess my, my overall thing is really looking at it. There are times I do want to play older games, and if le- we'll, we'll go up a generation, we'll go to Gran Turismo Five because that game was connected to online. I, I think Four you can still play online, but not nearly as it built in PS Three. You have all this GT Five, GT Six are both online based games that you can get on race with each other. They're multiplayer. And all that. And I could still go back and play them separate from that should they choose to serve the closure, uh, close the service for that, which they probably have. Um, And I could play them without any issue. In 18 years from now, unless Gran Turismo 7 servers are still up, which they very well might be, but I think time and time again, time has shown that companies don't want to keep servers up for games for no reason. You're left with the fact that if they just close the servers, that game is no longer working. And, you know, some people go, well, at least have it to where whenever they go to uh, close a service with a the game, they put out a final patch for the game that allows you to essentially play the game offline. And I would hope that that would actually be something that they would do. Um, but that's, that's the real detriment of that form of DRM to me when it's a game that is not inherently based around that. The experience of the game is not inherently based around that, unlike the experience of a Destiny. And I think okay. but isn't that's part of it. Isn't the game
2: inherently based around that? The car prices fluctuate with the market. The, again, like make your leaderboard argument, but that's part of it. Um, I don't know. I feel like the game is inherently connected to the internet just because you don't feel it 100% of the time doesn't yeah, mean it's Yeah, but what I mean not. is
0: when, when the internet is not around, those things should have a default that they can fall back onto. Yeah, and maybe they will, but that's not how the game is built today. Yeah, exactly. And I I find that to be an issue because there is no offline mode. And again, that comes down to the the bigger argument is about what happens later when (laughs) these things are not in. If they change the legacy car prices to be static prices that never change, that doesn't really negatively impact the game in such a way that you would never want to play it again. It does enhance the experience. I'll give it that. When you're online, it does add that extra thing of like, oh, it's cool. That the, the prices of the card change based off supply demand. The leaderboards show in real time, which all of them have done that. So, but, you know, uh, with those things in mind, it's like, yeah, I get that. But I don't think they're so inherently part of the game's general moment to moment gameplay that it is necessary in any form. But they've no, it's, pushed, it's they've not pushed necessary, the issue to make it necessary.
2: I don't know. I just think in the current age, everything is almost everything is has some sort of online that I would argue an Elden Ring you're going to play in 10 years when the servers are down is not the same game that I'm playing right now. So it doesn't, that like, even though it, yeah, it has an offline mode, it's not the same game. It's just not. I make that argument with Dark Souls, Bloodborne, you know, all of those. Those messages are so inherently part of the experience and almost essential. I don't think playing without them is the playing the same game.
0: I would be very hard pressed to ever say the messages are like necessary or whatever word you just used. Uh. I think that's, but ninety percent of the world building of those games
2: play. is the messages, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that, I pretty much. I, I will uh-uh. occasionally read messages, but I've never found them to be changing of anything in those games. When I think about those games, I don't think about the messages. When I think about what I loved about Bloodborne, that has absolutely zero to do with messages or anything. It has no, entirely I'm to I'm do with I'm not sitting here and saying, like, I like amazing. Elden Ring
2: because the messages
0: exist. I'm saying that,
2: though, that's part of the thing. It's part of showing, like.
0: I, I agree an, that when it's off. For you, right? For someone who's already playing online, 20 years from now, if the servers are off and you play the offline version, it is going to be a different experience than what you played. That is true. Mm-hmm. But it's still an experience that's pretty akin to what you played. Brett, There's just a how layer are my
2: children going to know to try fingers butthole? Butthole. butthole. How? Very important. How can yeah. you even play Elden Ring without
0: trying fingers in a butthole? How? <laughs> whereas i think a game like destiny where it's like oh strikes or <clears throat> raids or something you go to this idea of like well raids are entirely based around the fact that you're playing with other people and if even i don't even know what you would do to destiny outside of just making <coughs> the making the campaign single player that's the most you could do which would be you cutting 90% of the game for the 10% because technically I soloed the majority of Witch Queen by myself, and there's nothing about that that requires you to have somebody else from a gameplay perspective. So you could do that, but then 90% of what makes Destiny Destiny is gone. And I think that that's my inherent difference between the two. I think when you look at an MMO, an MMO is a game that's about playing with other people in the long run. So if you take that element out and you remove the always online, it is a deeply deeply different game that probably can't even literally stand if you tried to remove all the online elements. Whereas if you just said, Gran Turismo, let's take the people, let's take the uh, fluctuating prices out and let's take the leaderboards out. And the sport mode is optional, as it should be, right? Then nothing about that game is inherently different. In my opinion, at least. I don't, I don't think that anything that... I don't think if you had an always-offline version and an always-online version... I think if you put Gran Turismo 6 and Gran Turismo 7 beside each other, and you ask somebody which one, they didn't know any different, you ask, hey, hey which one of these is always online? I don't think anybody would be able to tell the difference.
2: <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I'm just used to that being a thing. Like, the yeah, online fair. doesn't bother me at all. I had a okay. bigger issue with the microtransactions. Like, I don't like that they... Change the prices after reviews to be or to be egregious. <laughs> like I think that's really crappy. Especially after I kind of went to bat and was like, "The microtransactions are not that bad." Well, just
0: to, yeah, just to be clear, they didn't change the pricing of the microtransactions. I know you're not saying that, but to clarify for anybody listening, they changed reward values in game, like we talked about last week, yeah. which would therefore potentially push you to buying microtransactions quicker than you would have otherwise done. Exactly. Yeah. All Um, right. Well, if you don't have anything else you want to say, then we will move on to everyone else's thoughts. I am good. All right. So first one that came through was from our longtime listener and patron, Jehudi MD. He says, my thoughts are that these practices are shady at best. I more wonder if anybody supports this practice. On the one hand, having a system like this ensures continued revenue for the developer, which everybody and their mother is after these days. Submodels left and right. Look at the recent GTA Plus, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but on the other hand, It's strange for a racing game to exist only online. I remember the days where online was an option in a game, and options are always a good thing. I pretty much agree with that Um, from my standpoint. I definitely am not saying that it shouldn't be online to some degree. I think it's fun that it is. I've been having a blast beating people who I'm friends with time and then dumb Twitter gloating about it just for them to come back around and destroy my time. It's It's a good little social element to it um let's see Root days 93 another patron he says with drm there is a line i'm willing to go with it for instance i'm fine with a once a month internet check-in and having to be connected to the internet to start your console setup the patches and updates these consoles need i would say are a necessity almost and just in my opinion i think almost everyone who can afford these consoles can find a way to hook up to the internet for one day at least and if you can't Well, as Don Matrick would say, we have a console for you. It's called the Nintendo Switch. Go enjoy your 720p, 30 frames per second games. Sorry, Nintendo fans. (laughs) Always online, though, is, I think, a step too far, especially for games with a single-player mode. There really is no good reason to not have an offline mode if you have single-player content. So, one of the things I find weird here, I... I personally think having a machine that requires internet to do anything is kind of pointless because it's like, why should I buy? You can turn a phone on and phones, the benefit of phones really are that they are connected, right? But my daughter has my old phone. There is the only internet connectivity she can potentially have is through Wi-Fi. And yet that phone totally works in and of itself without any form of internet. I think that making something that as soon as you open up and plug in, it's like, yeah, I can't do my job until you connect to the internet is an inherently worse setup than something that says I can do what I need to do. But if you want a better experience, you should probably hook me up to the internet. Am, Am I alone in that? I mean, I don't know. I thought that the way that Xbox one handled originally, Xbox one handled and still does where you have to connect to the internet to even use your console is, uh, Ultimately, worse version. I mean, is it the end of the world for me? No. I I
2: just I see your point, and I want kind of agree, but I think internet at this point, at least in the United States, let's even I'll even clarify more. Most of the United States is so ubiquitous. That it's this is just not an issue, and I, you know, especially like, why wouldn't you connect your PS Five to the internet? Like, what
0: well, w- what reason do you have? <laughs> well, what reason do you have to have to do it? You know what I mean? I think the the exact opposite argument works, and a good example I'll use is actually my dad. Uh, well, I haven't talked to him in the sense of I don't know that he's aware that Gran Turismo Seven is always online, and he doesn't have internet where he lives, so he would have to. I don't even know if it would work. He would have to try and use his phone as a hotspot at best to connect the system to it. But I think my dad could buy a PlayStation 5, take it home, plug it in, put any other... He could put Gran Turismo... Well, he can't actually Gran Turismo because there's no on, There's no not always online one from PS4 or PS5. So, But he could do that with any other game. He could take a NASCAR game. He could take anything, put it in, play it, and never know... <laughs> The internet was required. Nor would he be missing any experience for what he's looking for. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, but I don't think the opposite argument works. I don't think. What it do does. you mean? Like I, th- I feel like you're saying like, why do you have to be connected? Because that's how it's made. Like that would be like but me going the argument. To you and the being argument like, is like, why
0: I'm, is it made that way when it doesn't impact the thing? Like there should it be. Does impact.
2: It impacts the entire U- user experience of the PS5 to be online.
0: Well, I mean, it impacts it, but it doesn't, it doesn't render it unusable. And I guess the difference between a PS5 and an Xbox Series X right now is that when you have a Series X, you have to connect before it does anything else. I'm 90% sure. I'm pretty sure I remembered that with my Series S, uh, because it's a, it's a hangover from one. They still have it where they, you have to check in before you can do anything else. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if much like the Xbox One for it to be put into offline mode, you have to connect to the internet first to then tell your system to go in <coughs> offline mode. Whereas I think the difference is, is that If my dad went to a store, I only use my dad as an example of people who live in places with no internet. The difference is, is that as soon as they get home and excited to play this thing, who are more consumer, uh, you know, more typical standard consumer would get home, plug one in and plug the other one in. And on one hand, PS five, they would never know that. Oh, there's nothing really missing that keeps me from being able to use this console without internet. But the moment you plug the Xbox in, you go, Oh, I can't even use it until I find a way to connect to the internet. I think that that's the inherent question there is that one treats it as a you'll get a better experience if you hook it up. But if you never hook it up to the Internet, you'll never know the difference. Whereas immediately Xbox says you have to know the difference because we won't let you do anything until you connect to the Internet. I don't know, man. I that to me sounds like am I dying on a Am I dying on a weird hill?
2: No, <laughs> I, like I get I get what you're saying, but. And maybe this is an argument that I guess is hyper specific to me because I believe this, but everything you're saying sounds to me like a, a consumer who didn't do their research and is now upset because they didn't know. Like, oh, you you know what I mean? Like, why would you go and buy not check that kind of stuff?
0: Well, to that, to that again, why would when again there really is unless and I'm I'm willing to find out that there apparently is or isn't. But I, under, I see no reason why you would even design the Xbox in such a way that it has to connect to the internet first when you can make it to where the default is no internet and then, that, and then go on. You're more uh, accommodating to a larger degree of consumers. You have a product that works out of the box and you can do the old Todd Howard. It just works even though it clearly doesn't. But <laughs> point being <coughs> is... I don't think many consumers, definitely when you have an industry that's as long as gaming is in the grand scheme of things. My dad was playing on Nintendo NES. For him to suddenly find that is an odd thing. I think if you take it off of the macro level of the system and go down the games, it makes more sense for a game to be always online because it's like, well, at that point. Games can clearly sit there and show and you can go, well, I really want to play that game, but it's a much smaller thing than an entire system that can't do anything until it's reached online. Now, the the saving grace for all of them is that at least for the Xbox, there's a way for you to make it work when you're not connected to the Internet. Like if it was that you had to be connected at all times, I think that would be terrible because then your Internet goes down and you just can't play. I would also say that I don't know
2: that this is a thing on the Series X. Series S is an all digital console, so you'd obviously to be on. Of course, to use
0: it. yeah, of of course, of course. That's a that's a fair point. But Series X know. is the uh, the question there.
2: I would also make the argument that making everything offline and setting it up an entire vertical of the console that way would be catering to a significantly smaller sect of people than you think it is. Even I feel if like you are arguing though, for one percent of the console market,
0: I don't. Even I think it's larger than that. I think you'd be oh, surprised. Being, but you know, even now, but let's right. look at your one percent. If if the people who set it up day one and connected to the internet never know the difference, then why wouldn't you accommodate to the lowest common denominator when? you're not putting any extra steps on the people who do have internet. What you are doing for the people that don't have internet is putting extra steps onto them. Steps that may be harder for them to actually meet. I get what you're saying. We can move the office in a second. I'll just give my last (laughs) point. And
2: I think this is the equivalent of, of me being like, you know, why doesn't Tesla put a gas tank in their car? Because some guy in, the middle of nowhere, Texas, can't get a gas, uh, an electric plug at his house. Why is that guy buying a Tesla? That's my point.
0: Okay. So in this case, you're saying the lowest common denominator is someone who doesn't have a home with power? Sure. Okay. My point is that you're asking <laughs> for
2: them to do something they don't want to do to cater to a very small sect of
0: the population. No, no, Th- this would they be don't... what you're really doing. Hold on, no, this would be what you're really doing. You're comparing someone who doesn't have, they live somewhere that has power, right, in, mm-hmm. in the sense of the, the console. You're saying that my dad who lives in a place that there is no internet service provider besides one that really still doesn't work, it's a satellite one, the difference mm-hmm. there is that he doesn't have any reasonable or reliable connection of internet that he can even do his phone gets terrible service half the time I call him he literally can't even get my my calls the difference there is that your Tesla thing is is positing that if we were to translate this argument over, then you're saying that someone who lives in a place that has no potential power at all is looking at buying a Tesla? Because that's what that's what the comparison point would be. If it's sure. that you have to have electricity, then you're saying that someone is living in a house with no pot- no possible way for any electricity to ever reach their house. There's no company that has any power lines that go out there. There's nothing. Is that I'm that's saying, the argument you're I'm making? I'm saying I, I don't, I don't that own seems a like Tesla, a Tesla, but I'm fairly
2: stretch. positive I would have to get a specific thing in my house for my Tesla.
1: Anyway, no, you, your Tesla on. comes nope. with
0: a cord it, that you plug into the wall.
1: Okay, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over Actually, it. I don't think. Actually, uh, I don't think Teslas do come with that cord, by the way. Yeah, Even if they don't, positive, it's a cord that you can buy, and they plug,
0: into a, uh, they plug into a, I think it's a 210 outlet. You have to buy
1: internet. I'm just being devil's advocate. You know what I'm Tesla in
2: real life did? He died. Let's move on because the conversation is not that. <laughs> well, he actually created a
1: pretty cool magic machine too. Or he cloned himself. That's Have you heard those do music? What? Have you heard the little? The- well, it was David Bowie in the Prestige. So yes, <laughs> I'm dead serious. David <laughs> was Bowie, he really? They, yes, played Nikola yeah. Tesla in Prestige. The movie's was was awesome. fantastic. You still need to watch it. <laughs> Either way. It's I've, the best Christopher Nolan movie. The little, the little like Tesla wireless
0: verse. electricity machines. What's they, the first best? They can do all sorts of crazy stuff. I uh, do I
1: actually haven't seen Dunkirk, so I can't say anything about that. All right, I, let's saw, see. I saw like the first 10 minutes, and it was pretty good. But We I got mean, a couple more
0: here. We have Shafe dog who says, yeah, online only sucks on the bright side. While, while I do sort of expect them to eventually attempt to work around, those like me that have not purchased yet are sure to get it cheap soon. Also wanted to offer my input for last week's Community Take about game mechanics that I hate. The boss stop mechanic in Destiny is trash and lazy game design,
1: <laughs> in my it opinion. Is. It always has been, though. Yep.
0: Always has been. Uh, the Lord Corgi, all of you guys are patrons, so thank you. He says, I think if a game was historically not an online-only game, then it definitely is weird to change it to a <clears throat> game that requires an online collection to play. A connection is what he meant. But that being said, don't mind DRM if the game is explicitly stated to require an online connection to play, but I do think there should be offline modes available in the case of... Server shutdowns. Like now, it's Chris who has a dog barking, not me. Sadly, there's nothing I can do about it. All right, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna grab one off of Twitter and one off of Facebook. So Twitter comes from uh, Sweet Grand Turismo Jones, our buddy Ryan. He says. Just praying games like it and the Division game uh, game get last day patches that allow the game to be discontinued, servers shut down, while becoming an offline game with all multiplayer disabled. Um, and I think depending on the game, that might work. I mean, the, the Division and its choice of open world and how you move throughout it, I do think is an easier thing than something like Destiny to move toward an always offline mode. But who knows? That might be the way to go. Uh, the one off of Facebook I'm going to go with is from Joey McPherson he says I really hate it as pretty much everyone else which as we're hearing in this is not entirely true Uh, just like with the pre-launch of Xbox One everyone lost their minds because we all know where that type of power goes. And it's not to us that by the, by that I think he means the consumers. I'm truly happy. Sony didn't go that way because <coughs> I don't think as of right now, we would have offline games or the ability to play the system offline. I also agree with what you were saying. Steam should do on letting, Steam users trade or sell their games that needs to happen even if there was way even if there was say a $1 fee to do it or something where the fee was split to Steam and the developer just something so developers have the or so people have the right to do what they want with their game that they bought like a physical copy. Um yeah, I mean clearly the second part I agree with for the most part. I don't necessarily know about a fee because I mean as much as people as much as developers may hate it, when you buy a game, it's yours. When you buy a physical copy of a game, it's yours. Um, as so long as you have the disc and the machine needed to play it. Um I don't necessarily know that it makes sense to say, like, Hey, if I want to sell my game to my neighbor, then I have to give the developers $5. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think if it's yours and you have the right to do whatever you want to with it, uh, as you should, because as all other industries currently have it, um, Then you should be able to say, yeah, I just want to give it to him or sell it to him or whatever without necessarily having to give the developer a fee, even though I get the idea of it's nice to support the developers. But it wouldn't go to the developers. It would go to the publishers, just to clarify that difference. Um, Do you guys think if Sony would have followed suit with Microsoft uh, going into the PS4 that we wouldn't have always online and the DRM that Xbox was doing? Or do you think that uh, consumer backlash
1: still would have pushed both of them out of it? Out of curiosity, you're I muted, Chris. They wouldn't have a choice. I think. I think yeah, when very, all companies decide something, they wouldn't. Consumers wouldn't have a choice. Like they yeah. know that backlash wouldn't affect anything. Well, because yep. they're gonna pick Xbox or PlayStation, and then oh, they both did something I don't like. You still only have two choices.
0: Well, no, not yep. necessarily, right? I mean, I agree that that's definitely the overarching feel. But then Nintendo can say as much as it. Nintendo can say, "Well, guess what, guys? We've got the Wii U." that doesn't require all of those things. And then it just becomes a are the consumers going to take the knee and just uh, you know bow to the bow to the whims and what? do it or would they do like what they did with the sonic movie and just be like we're not going to support this until you change the decision
1: made. No. I don't I think that I think that would
0: This is more of like a consumer uh, psychology that we're that we're asking about
1: is uh, from a weird way a little bit but I I really think that like if 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 both Google and Apple came out and said that they no longer include microphones on their phones anymore, that you can only text on them. Of course, you're going to have people outraged, but the people who love Google and the people who love Apple are going to end up still buying Apple or Google because the competitor that they would turn to is offering the same thing.
0: Yeah, but I think the one thing about this that's still essentially missing in that situation is that the way that markets work is that people would go, oh, there's an opening, and I have a way to get good PR and better business by quickly doing the exact opposite well, of what these about other that, people though. are doing now. Well, what's a, my question was between Sony and Xbox. Right, but 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 Nintendo is still in that opportunity, and Nintendo can still come out and say, hey, guys, here's Switch, and but Switch doesn't have
1: it. But even then, if you're not a Nintendo fan at all, yeah. if you only prefer PlayStation… Or like like for me, I Nintendo has always been supplemental. I was Xbox. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a thing. It was just what all my friends played on. It wasn't like a massive like preference to me. Um, I did not hate PlayStation, but when when Xbox made that choice, it was like, oh cool. I guess I'll see what PlayStation has to offer because I don't like that. But if PlayStation would have made that choice too, I wouldn't have gone to PlayStation because at that point, what is there to offer? It's the same service.
0: Yeah, but then you're, then the market goes PC, right? And that, that's, that's essentially what I mean. So there's, there's always, though, because, There's always an out. And it, it almost makes you wonder, like, do you y'all remember, uh, what were they actually called? Steam boxes? What were the ones that, like, Alienware were making and stuff where it was essentially a console? Uh, Steam box. In the sense Steambox. of being, yeah, is Steam box. Okay, because there was Steam Deck, but that was the streaming thing, if <sighs> I remember correctly. Steam
2: Deck is the handheld.
1: Yeah.
0: Stream, well, hold on, what was it called?
1: Well, Stream, stream Deck is a, um, is that Elgato? Uh, maybe yeah. I got stream deck. It's what you had over there.
0: What was it? What was the thing called that you plugged into your TV and it was basically like a, a stream, a box. Chromecast, a stream box? Well, it was it called a stream box. It was a Steam product. I remember. I mean, that. a Steam box, not stream. Steam. No, the Steam, the Steam boxes I'm talking about. Just to clarify between the two, and you might still already be there, is that there were one that was essentially like consoles that had pre built in specs right. that you play off of, it's a Steam and box. then Steam had like a little fifty dollar
1: thing you could buy that was. All it did that was, was Steam, I think that was a stream box. I'm wondering what it was called. Because see, Blaze got the stream deck confused with the with, yes, the, with be, the with the, the, the handhelds.
0: Yeah, Steam Link is what Steam it was Link. called. There was yeah. It. Either way, point being,
1: but see, but here's the thing: if 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 we'll go back to just a phone analogy, for, so that it, so that I could say it like this too, is that if I like Android and you like Apple, and we they don't make microphones, well, it doesn't matter if OnePlus exists. Because you don't care about them, you're still gonna buy what you're used to. I, most consumers I I mean, most consumers don't shop. Around if like
0: you that. if you change things that drastically, I think most would take the opportunity. Most to be consumers like, to go off.
1: It's the same, it's the same reason why we got the Halo show. Because most consumers don't <laughs> care about the Halo lore, so they're going to appeal to the most common denominator.
0: I agree in the sense that, but but that's a. I, I think it's different because it's not saying that it's inherently changing an, an industry in the sense of a show. Right? You're not inherently changing no, the gaming you're still, industry you're or, still or taking the film with showing. things. And you, you know you
1: can get away with it because <laughs> it doesn't matter to the most common denominator. Yeah. The most common denominator of phones. If if you buy Apple and you only buy Apple, you may be technical like me. I buy Apple simply because now I like the ecosystem. It's mm-hmm. really It works really well. I also have a Kindle tablet that I have rooted with Android. I am well-versed in Android. I don't have a massive preference to one or the other. I just landed on Apple. But if Apple and Android were to come out and say, no microphones – I'm not going to. I would be the one to seek out and say, "Well, let's, well what's OnePlus have? What's well, here, Huawei have?"
0: Well, yeah, that but, because the difference there is you're saying Android, but Android is not. Well, I'm
1: saying Google specifically. Yeah, sure. But,
0: but like, let's say then you have Samsung. Samsung is a very popular right. one that can come up and say, "Well, guess what, guys? We still do." And then I guarantee you, consumers even that love those would go. Samsung's a big enough name, and they still I, ha- they still offer this thing.
1: I'd be willing to try it. I would be curious if the people who loved. IPhone, I would love to see a study be done. Yeah, on I would be like curious this. if the people who loved iPhones. And the people who love their, to be fair, I guess I should be doing Apple and Samsung because the amount of people that use Samsung is almost equivalent to the amount of people that use Apple. Well, actually, It's, it's, it's more. Are you sure about that? Yes,
0: Samsung. Actually, Huawei has the high... It's, it's Huawei, Samsung, Apple.
1: Okay, well, either way. In terms of... I know Google Apple. is definitely not in any comparison to Apple or... or no, um, not even remotely close. So it'd be like that. Yeah. And so at that point, you can have people like... Some some people who use iPhones, like 45-year-old adults don't care about phones at all. Mm-hmm. They don't use iPhone. They don't know what a OnePlus or a Huawei or a Samsung... Some of them don't even know Samsung make phones. Mm-hmm. They don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. So yeah, they're just going to still buy the iPhone and have to make do. I'll go get a home phone. I'll go get a cricket phone.
0: You know where I think the the logic flaw in, in that particular thing is, or at least I won't say logic. I mean, but you can pick apart
1: my argument I, I all mean, you want I, in this situation, but yeah. it, the, the my, my real situation is, like, is the an, same.
0: An example of why I think that that's not the case is seeing people burn their Nikes and throw their Nikes away and burn their Carhartt and go find other things. It doesn't matter how much you love something, realistically. You will always try and find something that fits the need
1: if you really disagree with what they're doing. Right, but that's not the conversation we're having. The conversation we're having is that if the other competitors change to go with it, well, Okay, but,
0: my question no. was only Sony and Xbox. There is still PC, Switch, you said it. and any other but person that wanted to come but into the if thing. if
1: only Sony or Microsoft would they still get away with it. And I'm answering that question by saying yes. Because the fans of Sony and Microsoft, the hardcore fans, won't care. They'll make uproars about but the hard- it. But if, so, if Sony does not change it, they're not going to have a mass amount of people boycott them. Look at, look at Battlefront 2. That's the perfect example of the most outrage that a video game has ever had, still sold millions.
0: Yeah, but then player interaction with that game was down until they
1: changed it. Doesn't matter. They still
0: made millions yeah, of but, dollars. But again, the difference there comes down to some of these things weren't known until later. I think no, the, they were. The argument- Everything about this game that was
1: learned from the beta. I know, and that's where the outcry came from. Was the beta and promises that they would fix it, and they never. And yeah, did. They didn't. I know, and, I and they still all which that I money. guess
0: to your argument, if Sony came out and said, "Hey, we're doing this too," and then said, "Oh, guys, we've heard you, and we're going to work on this," but then still launch the console with always online only. It doesn't it matter.
1: Fare. Well, here's the thing, because the general consumer, you know, microphone on a phone—that's a little extreme. Yeah, because exactly. it's not taking the phone away. Let's say it took Wi-Fi out. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense the average consumer of the phones that care about that kind of thing are just going to look at that as this is the way that phones are now adapting that's the same way that people that that microsoft fans looked at it of like i guess this is the future that 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 didn't fight back against or it didn't have qualms with it this is the future of gaming we're going to have to get used to it which to be fair they're not wrong mm-hmm. As someone because we still see it to this day implemented by Sony when they said they would not.
0: Yeah, I think to a degree we're just putting our own. I say that to a degree because you don't have the same thing either. Much like you, you know, I love PlayStation and I buy most of what they're going to do. But I'll tell you right
1: now that if they were going to do that, because you're technically adept, you don't fall into the one percenter that I'm talking about. Exactly, you don't fall into the common denominator.
0: Well, I don't think that the common denominator is hyper fans either. That's my thing. I think if you look at casual consumers who just had a preference for PlayStation, but they're dedicated fans. Yeah, but even then, I'm. I'm t- I mean, I I tell you all sorts of people that I that in my mind, and of course, it's anecdotal. but I would guarantee that if I went to a ton of people who were more casual consumers but still played games, whenever this PlayStation thing had happened and said PlayStation's doing what Xbox is doing, and you can't buy used games without paying some extra fee, then it would be balked against. And I, part of why I think, I that, think part of the be- way I still think that is because people. People rallied against uh, online passes. I don't, well, here's the thing though. And that was, that could have just as easily been seen as this is the way the industry's going. And at that time, not only did PlayStation do it, EA did it, Activision did it, literally every publisher did it. And everyone as a whole said, no, 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 no.
1: Yeah, that's one of those rare occurrences though of a feature that did not get used when everybody decided, yes, go back. Go go ask anybody. But you couldn't
0: play online games without them. And then we still – people still as a whole were able to push people back to for them to go, it would make more sense and we'd make more money and have less That's issues. that it's not a – ma- it's, a,
1: it's a game-by-game game basis that not everybody plays multiplayer games. True. Where this is a console-specific feature that you're shunned out of.
0: Not everyone plays consoles.
1: Go back. We're talking about consoles, I know, but though. We're, okay. In
0: the other case, I'm talking
1: about multiplayer games. If we're,
0: we're, even if we stay within the context of what we're doing, the multiplayer games and people who fought back against that thing, despite the fact that there are people that played single-player games, is the same thing here. But the amount for the of people pl- that play consoles—what I'm saying is the I amount think it would
1: be sown for other things. The where, amount of people that play multiplayer games are not—that's not in the same ballpark. That's not in the same sport as the amount of people who play consoles. I mean, so sure. you that, Ma- that, that but analogy, market, at, market at large from people that's who I will play phones, sure, because everybody has a phone. Most households have consoles.
0: Hey, Chris. Oh, yeah. Hi. What? Well. <laughs> Nothing. Your your side just led me to believe that at some point we're just going to have to concede to each other's arguments and agree to disagree. No, you guys have just been moving goalposts this whole time. <laughs> I don't feel like I have, and I'm pretty sure Saul doesn't you just feel like did. he has. You
1: just did. You literally just How? did. How? You just You're talking about games. consoles. Yeah, we're talking about consoles. I brought up yeah, I brought up phones because that's comparable to consoles. You're buying up games, which are not.
0: Okay, but uh, from the get-go, I did not intend for this to entirely be about consoles. My point was, games as a whole, games industry, would the games industry you didn't as a whole... Phrase the question Sony that had, way at all. What, what I said, is Sony had agreed with Microsoft to do this, do you think we would have that form of DRM right now? Now, I could see but how it, it's really it easy to look a, at that specifically no, yeah, through not, consoles.
1: That's not... No, no. But that's not how... Don't say that that's how you look at it. That's how the conversation's being looked at from consoles. You're bringing up a console I mean, I guess, issue.
0: but from first moment, I said people will go to PC. I mean, pretty early on, I established that I'm looking at games industry as a whole.
1: But see, that's the thing. That's what I disagree on. I disagree on that if 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 Sony said that they're not co- like having a sure. good controller, it's like headphones. Mm-hmm. When the headphones stop coming with phones, people eventually, or headphone ports, mm-hmm. people eventually are like, we'll go to Samsung. Mm-hmm. And, and then here you are. You, most Samsung phones, they went alliteration without having headphone jack, too. Mm, because they, they adapted. They I actually did. don't know that. But well, here's the thing. And I know it, for a while no they kept controller. They yeah. did. And let's say for a controller, mm. let's say they didn't come with a controller. Okay. Ask any person. A good
0: example for your thing right now is actually uh, phones not coming with chargers.
1: I mean, that too. Yeah, there was an outcry about it, but then everybody did it anyways. And there are still mm-hmm. some niche phone developers that, don't, that do come with charging bricks. Of course. Most of them don't. Yeah. Look at what Nintendo did. They don't come with chargers either for some of their stuff. Yeah, And then, but not only that, but ask any person who casually plays games what they think about DRM that Microsoft unveiled in 2014, they'll have no clue what you're talking about. You're probably right on that. I, I, no, I'm 100% yeah. right on that. Yeah, they'll have right no that.
0: clue because they're part, not kept in the loop. Part so of, yeah, but say part of the problem is that console we, we're, too, we're too tapped into the
1: that's what, that's what happens point, in That's the That's whole point of the conversation yeah. is that the, the the lowest common denominator had no clue that was going on. They would have bought the console up anyways. And but then the you, people that did.
0: But I guess the only difference for that in my mind is that the moment you played the. The moment you did it, even if you didn't know, right? Even if you were unable to. It would matter. It, it would matter. As soon as you did it money. and you saw, do you not think that those people. I guess that's the biggest way to simplify it. At that point, do you not think that those people would be like, wait a minute.
1: But even if a, it that's, wasn't. That's a different even conversation. If they weren't on to that's it. a different conversation, though. I mean, yeah, I guess. Because at that point, they've, they've already made the choice. They've, they've already made the purchase. Too. Yes. So like, that's the thing of like, no matter what the And it's also a form made, of without either company being forthright about what I, they're trying to do. I think to, to answer your initial question though, yes. historically, the way normal consumers, not us, not anybody mm-hmm. who's listening to this podcast, but the way normal consumers operate if they were even aware that the decision was there that Microsoft made, if they were to even look at Sony as an alternative and see that Sony made the decision that Microsoft made mm-hmm. as a, a, to get away from it, they would not have gone back to PC gaming. They would not have sought after Nintendo. They would have just went back to their preference.
0: Well, extension of this then, because I brought up, um, and this is a kind of extended question in the sense of, do you really think change happens because of, the casual audience or because of the hardcore audience. And to go back to two examples that I brought up,
1: it's the casual audience, but it's the, it's the casual audience because of the numbers. It is the most vocal part of the hardcore audience. You, you get all the vocal criticisms and all the complaints and you, and you realize what the critique is from the hardcore part, but then you have the numbers of the casual audience that are the driving force.
0: Now, so, in, the, in the sense of looking at it from the lowest common denominator, right, uh, the multiplayer thing, right, with the online passes, clearly the majority of that would have, or at least I say clearly, it would seem to me looking at it that the majority of the people who actually pushed back against developers and made something were the people who actually took to online and
1: oh, it's create a little small bubble. It's you know? the S21 that started with no headphone jack. Because really. Bobby had it, I couldn't remember what the dumb phones. Thing. Yeah, they're up to like S fifty five or something. Apple hasn't had them on in like five years. It feels like no, I, that might be I a little. Off, I think it's. I think it's on longer than that. But yeah. anyways.
0: But yeah, so Bob I, again, extended question, just in the sense of does change really happen from the everyday casual consumer level? Or Does it really happen because of the one to f- even f-
1: say five percent of people who go online and make sure that they're very vocal? I think what happens is that the hardcore and then that, audience. Go ahead. Yeah is the is the audience. That makes the critiques aware to the casual audience. And then an internet outrage has a big part to play in it. So, like Sonic. Your normal fifty-five-year-old uh, mom and dad don't know what Sonic looks like to that degree. To know that the difference of like the CGI character so far off of what the game. Well, is. even but then, right at that point, the casual gamer. Does there's millions know of is. people
0: that are going to go see Sonic without maybe even ever
1: playing a Sonic game, right? Ever. But but the the casual person who who right? who doesn't understand what backwards compatibility is knows what Sonic looks like and know that something was off.
0: Yeah, but that may not actually change them from seeing the movie. No, right? and that may not so, actually have. And have they probably an wouldn't. Yeah, but exactly. They probably if, wouldn't. Have made the
1: outcry but if i made the outcry and so many people brought that outcry with it and they were like oh that does look bad mm-hmm. like this is what phantom lockups look like this looks so much better Then it adds do you, on to, do you think
0: that the, in that case that's a good case do you think in that case do you really find that a lot of the casual audience actually became vocal online online yeah well yeah. or, or, or vocal in a way that the that the um uh, not the publisher but you know the people behind the movie paramount could see because essentially, you can say what you what, want what's to... What's your question you
1: think you're you, you asking that it's like, because Okay, it's so
0: you, your, your thing, as I'm understanding it, is that the the hardcore audience brings forth the criticism, and then that criticism, unless I'm misunderstanding you, is carried through further by the casual audience.
1: Right, and in this, in this case... And I well, guess what actually,
0: I'm asking is the casual audience, do you really think that them doing that is making the casual audience be vocal in a way that paramount in that case could actually see because you know me and you could, i think it's me the numbers could talk that they could with, feel it's like bobby at work anybody it did not matter right we could talk with somebody at work and then they could be like yeah that, i think that looks bad and i would i would hope they change it but if they're just saying that and they're not taking it anywhere where their paramount can actually quantify then i don't necessarily. i still think at that point you'd have to almost know the breakdown but it's more of a curiosity of which one in your in your gut do you feel like is the real reason for the change? Is it because of the small but very loud minority, or do you really think that somehow the very likely more mostly silent majority and casual consumer well, point comes it, in?
1: It goes back to that
0: like because like I think what, that that what would impact saying. the the Sony Microsoft thing too. Is that would the change just still potentially happen because of the very vocal one <laughs> percent? Versus I think,
1: the no, well, probably I think very unvocal. The thing with the Sony um, thing that majority. I think happened so well, and I do want to clarify what I meant by like Sonic is that um, you don't have to be a hardcore gamer to know that Sonic looked bad in that sure, movie, sure, or uh, at least
0: doesn't look like Sonic,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was that was a weird case of of like internet outrage that worked out really well because it did have such large numbers behind it, and for somebody who is a very casual person even knowing that Sonic looked off, that probably didn't affect them as badly. But I think that the numbers that are carried from the hardcore super fans in this one case of like... I'm sure that there's dozens and hundreds of these cases, but the one small part of the actual fans of Sonic that brought this to the criticism that it made is what caused Paramount to change it. Because they realized... Or if
0: nothing else, the fear of the casual consumer not watching it because of the outcry that they're hearing.
1: Which is weird because... Paramount execs are the, the reason behind Halo being so bad. When you really think about it, we've come like a weird full circle.
0: I haven't watched Halo to say it's bad, but yeah. There's... I have tried.
1: Um, oh, you did? Good. Yeah, it's not oh, okay. good. Okay, I was curious. Um, okay, so, but to answer your question, I think that the what Sony did was that they saw that, they know that, that anytime consoles come out, there is, it's an open market for a choice. You get to pick as a consumer. What do you go with? Mm-hmm. What console's better? What console has better features? And the second that one feature was a bad feature and they could jump on it and capitalize that their console could do better, they did to sell the more consoles. Whereas I think that if, so, if Microsoft came out and they said, you know, this, this feature is available. This is what you got to deal with. And that people are like, well, that feature kind of sucks. And then Sony came out and said the same thing. They're like, I, I mean, what can you do? Like the normal person who's paying attention to that point, like me, that might have pushed me into like, I could probably build a PC game. But then you always get back in that mindset of not everybody wants to sit at a computer desk. Sure, not but not everybody I, wants to play on. Computer. And
0: you are going towards my initial argument that I think anytime that a moment like that would happen, so even in the case of consoles, right? And I'll, I'll keep it within consoles. I think Nintendo still exists as that that third that hasn't made that decision. And therefore, people know Nintendo. Nintendo is a big enough existing name in gaming that I think that at least, I don't think it would be a foregone conclusion at the very least. I don't think as soon as Sony said it and Microsoft said it, that people would be like, oh, I think people would look more seriously at Nintendo than they used to. And I think, see how much Nintendo might be able to fix that. And then if Nintendo were smart in this situation, they'd have done exactly what Sony did in the situation against Microsoft by Nintendo saying, We're not always online, we'll let you play used games, and as a, a result, we're gonna start making more mature games. That's what I was gonna
1: say. I think is it is, is
0: that is I don't want to act like they don't ever make mature games either, but well, yeah, we're but, gonna we're gonna make games and make deals with third parties so that we can get the mature games that you'd be looking for. It's what they did with the,
1: the Switch versus the Vita. It's that when they saw that the handheld was capitalizing and mm-hmm. they wanted JRPGs on it, they were sucking all those away from the Vita. They were sucking indie titles away, like Hollow Knight mm-hmm. from the Vita. Sure. And they started like, Hollow Knight is a game that I can always picture on Nintendo, but I also picture it on Vita too, but yeah. it's
0: not. Actually, I, I remote played it to Vita and I was like, even the UI scale looks like it was made for,
1: yeah, for Vita like a size handle. screen. Yeah. yeah. So it's just this weird, like, you know, Chris, what do you think? Or you just want to leave this topic ASAP?
2: I don't uh, mind either. Way. I like the Vita. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, Long I think, live the Vita. Uh, I think that no matter how much people want to pretend that they have any influence, uh, corporations make all the decisions. They don't care about your boycotts. They only care if it helps them.
0: And that's true. Well, but the boycotts, I guess, because you're all right. At the end of the day, as long as they don't feel like any of the decisions they're making are actually going to hurt their bottom dollar, then they're not going to change them. I, I agree with that. Microsoft,
2: but that's the thing that goes back to the crux of this entire conversation is if Sony had done what Microsoft did, we could have rioted outside of Microsoft headquarters and they would have laughed into their dollar bills like that.
0: Well, I don't think either of them, I agree in the sense of neither of them would have, if Sony and Microsoft both did it, neither of them would have changed policy. I don't think because you have a, you have a united front, even if it's only two. I think Microsoft changed their policy before launch because they had two other competitors that weren't doing what they were doing. But I think in the sense of going back and saying Sony and Microsoft both did the same thing, but then Nintendo stays alone and says we're not going to do it. I don't think that either of them would have changed until it became clear if it ever did, that Nintendo was actually going to start stealing enough of their money away. Then if it ever did, then Microsoft but, and Sony might be like, we're going to reverse our policy. Uh, but they wouldn't do it until they knew that their bottom dollar was genuinely being affected is mi- where I stand on it.
2: I completely disagree because maybe this is a hot take. and Nintendo is not a competitor to Xbox and PlayStation. So it well, doesn't I think matter that what case, Nintendo it, does.
0: It could have become one. No, it couldn't have. Elden Ring right now- could never be played on Switch. Unless well, we're, we're also talking about prior to, prior to the gaming industry doing that. Switch came as a result of after all this, right? But do you think, I mean, Wii U wasn't doing too hot even at that point in time. But Nintendo, if they really wanted to look at it, could have saw a hole in the market and then designed something different than the Switch yeah, to feel that No, Yeah, no. Brett's saying
1: that like, if,
0: if Going was back an before opportunity,
1: Switch. yeah, was an opportunity to completely change their game, now, I don't I think I it don't. would have happened, but I see what Brett's saying. I think like, that they could have. Yeah, easily. and
0: you're, you're probably right. They probably wouldn't have knowing yeah, Nintendo. They probably because yeah, I was going to say stubborn. that
2: that kind of discounts the fifty whatever, however many years Nintendo's existed of, of their history. Fifty dollars
1: a year not, <laughs> not <laughs> to pay to play Nintendo sixty four games. was <laughs> that? The chair breaking.
0: Oh. Uh-oh. anyway I, if you heard a gunshot don't worry uh no but at the same time it's weird because like I don't, I don't think nintendo clearly also wouldn't in that sense nintendo wouldn't have agreed with sony and microsoft realistically at that point they would have still just been like yeah we're gonna let you play used games because our we're, used game market is still 60 dollars games so you're yeah. gonna just you're gonna be more likely to just buy the game new i'd actually <laughs> be
2: willing to argue nintendo <laughs> would have jumped in bed with microsoft before sony in terms of doing this DRM stuff. So it's almost really? a fallacy because look at who Nintendo is. They charge dollars Well, they, don't, they almost don't Pokemon. have to,
0: right? They, because Nintendo already says, if you're going to buy our games used, our used games stay at $54 anyway. Most people are just going to be like, eh, I'll spend the $6 and get the new copy. And yeah. realistically, that's what happens. Even oh, when I worked at GameStop sure. used to, people would be like, oh, the used Mario is 54 Just give me the new one. Because oh, 90% of the time, too, it was like, oh, you don't have the case? Just I'll buy the new one so I get the case. And it would be like moms because they're like, oh, I can't wrap it if it's in this. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's, it, so, yeah, it's it's funny. Nintendo is a real anomaly in this situation because you almost can't even put them in a position where you want to compare them because they've never been one to compare. I guess GameCube is the closest they've ever really tried with, once PlayStation came in. I mean the The Genesis NES era of uh, Sega versus Nintendo was pretty heated. And, and I think nin- that's when Nintendo were like, yeah, we're going to do something yes. different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and hop into the news. Uh, first thing PlayStation is set to reveal its game pass competitor. That's not really a game pass competitor. Project Spartacus next week. If rumors from Jason Schreier are to be believed. And as much as I don't necessarily care for Jason, his rumors tend to be to be believed, <laughs> uh, the service still seems to be a combination of PS Now with PS Plus. Uh, also, hey, Chris, thanks for doing news. Uh, yeah, thank you, Chris. And yeah. uh, I agree with uh, your assertion here. I keep seeing people call this a Game Pass competitor, but at least insofar as the rumors have been talked about, this is not a Game Pass competitor. No, it's not even It's, just a, it's just a subscription service. Right. And like, PlayStation uh, already has those, so that means PS Plus is a Game Pass competitor? It would be like if me the only going, qualifier is that you have to be a subscription service.
2: This it would be like me saying, "Oh, have you seen? Uh, you think HelloFresh is going to affect how Netflix operates?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, either way, uh, we'll see. The, the 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 reality of it is is that if Jeff Grubb is wrong, and their version of Spartacus is actually something more akin to Day One games from Sony on their platform then maybe, just maybe, Project Spartacus will be a Game Pass competitor. But the way that the rumors have been going toward, and I think (laughs) the way Sony's been acting, it's going to be much more PS Now mixed with PS Plus and maybe a few other benefits. Uh, Because here's the thing. If they've been building and allowing all this to go on all this time without it being something more than literally just PS Now with PS Plus with no changes, then that's a bad look. There has to be an added layer. I don't know what the added layer is, and that's what we're going to have to see. Is it going to be backwards compatibility, which hasn't been there now, and so therefore you'd pay for it and then it would at least be a benefit, or is it going to be Game Pass? Hey, we're going to do our games day and date on this service. Eh, who knows? No. Do you think they're going to Disney Plus it where it's like, "Oh, you can play God of War uh, if you have a uh, if you have PlayStation's PlayStation Platinum?" whatever we're going to call that, Mm -hmm. then you can play God of War for just $10. You still have to, we're going to include the game in the service, but for a $10 fee, you you buy it for $10 and we still make some money off of our games and your ability to play them for significantly cheaper day one. That would be an interesting. No, they're
2: going to give you 10 hours of God of War.
0: I think that that's actually what's going to be as well. And However, then the occasional game drop down from there. What I like what I could see game.
2: in your scenario is yeah, you can buy it for $10 and if you
0: unsubscribe the game is gone and you have to buy yeah, it for 70. Th- exactly. That's <laughs> what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't continue to have the game. Because if I'm not mistaken with with Mulan that they did for Disney Plus, <laughs> it's a giant scam. <laughs> it was not only $30, it was $30 to rent. And you had to have a Disney Plus subscription. And you had to have Disney Plus, so you didn't even buy it to own it, right? No, it was a scam. even if you did, even if you did, it's ballsy to say, "Hey, buy our movie for thirty dollars," but you have to have your Disney Plus subscription still. Yeah, it's a ballsy Insanity. move. Insanity, and that might be what PlayStation does. Hey, buy God of War. Then you get thirty dollars for Mulan's ridiculous. You're paying full price for it. Now if, if if PlayStation said $10 for God of War but if you lapse your subscription you don't own anymore that's at least more reasonable yeah. than pay full price and then if you don't keep your subscription go fuck yourself. <laughs> because well, that's what basically almost, Disney said. It's almost not
2: even it's weird because you'd be paying you'd actually be paying more for God of War. Like uh, in the end because you'd be paying the subscription service mm-hmm. which you're assuming is going to be reasonably priced and I don't think it will be and then plus $10. So at that point, it's like, should maybe go ahead and just buy the game. <laughs>
0: do, you, do you want to put guesses right now, all three of us, on where you think the highest... We don't have to do every tier. What do you think the highest tier is going to cost for this service that gets announced? $40. $59.99. $59.99 a month? I'm mm-hmm. going to go... Uh, do you want to price ride right? It? Do you do you want to have it to where whoever gets the closest without going over? Yeah, Or do you $1. just want to go whoever gets closest? $1. <laughs> <laughs> one dollar. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm gonna say twenty four I'm gonna say twenty four ninety nine.
2: That's pulled. I'm fairly positive that there's going to be a sixty dollar. And tour. I
0: even and I even have a, a slight belief that the highest one might be twenty. Nineteen ninety nine a
2: month. <laughs> no chance. I oh my god. I would put I'll hey, order hey. a pizza to your house during the next show after it's announced, if that's a thing.
0: If it's nineteen ninety nine? Yeah. Uh, what about twenty four ninety nine? I'll
2: order breadsticks.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> alright we'll, we'll see. It sounds like this week is the week, so we'll find out how way off or how close each one of us were. <laughs> Chris, I will buy you a pizza if it's $60 a month. I 100% will, because that, yeah. that is so ridiculous to me. If you're paying the full price of a game per month, you're out of your mind. The whole reason Game Pass, if this is meant to be a Game Pass competitor... That's the important part. The whole reason that Game Pass works at all is because it's not the price of a full game per month. If it is, no one would pay for that.
2: I was thinking every for some reason I was thinking of that that fake leak that came out. Oh, every three months. Three months, yeah. So yeah, twenty dollars is probably right. I was like, "Are you high, Brett?" Like twenty dollars—that's <laughs> cheaper than it is
0: now, and they're going to add to it. Yeah, no, I'm thinking twenty to twenty five dollars a month, basically see, nineteen ninety nine to twenty four ninety nine a month.
2: Then I'm with you on like twenty five. I could see thirty, but twenty five seems right.
0: I could see thirty once I understand what the added layer is. Right now, if it's literally just PS Now plus PS Plus and they're finding a way to make it a little cheaper and make it one thing, $30 would be stupid.
2: (laughs) I think there's going to be more there because Schreier was saying, um, I think think there's there's going to be more. But what is. Snappy or splashy, a splashy list of titles on the service.
0: So. See, but do you think it's going to be more like what they're kind of doing with PS Now right now, where they do like Shadow Warrior, where it's not their games, but you'll get the yeah. occasional day and date release with a couple of mm-hmm. you know cool, so actually, smaller games. Here you go.
2: I'm gonna, I'm, I'll, I'll make a bet. I'll make a bet right now. Never mind. I just realized it was a Game Pass game, so it probably won't won't do that. <laughs> I was I was gonna now, say Weird West was gonna be like a day one. It still could be a day one Spartacus game. Still could game. be. It Still but could be. I, I kind of hope. Do you this, think that'll really be a thing
0: where if you agree to be a if you agree to be a Spartacus game, you can't be a Game Pass day and date, but if you agree to be a Game Pass day and date, you can't be a Spartacus day and date? I wouldn't be surprised.
2: I think. I wouldn't either. I think they. I don't think. I think at that point they'll be kind of eating each other, so that they'll just be like, yeah, whatever. Resident Evil Eight is on both of ours. Happy for <laughs> the
0: players. Yeah. When everyone plays, we all win. Keep telling me that, uh, Phil Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Todd Howard is going to come out on stage in a couple of weeks or a couple months and be like, uh, look, we're doing this, this, and this with Starfield, and it just works. Someone be like, I'll believe it when I see it, buddy. Yeah. Multiple (laughs) Skyrim sized planets. Shove off. It just works, Chris. Stop. Stop. It just works. (laughs) All right. Next thing up. Rockstar is under the utter of GTA 5 again, having announced Grand Theft Auto Plus, a subscription service for Grand Theft Auto Online on next-gen consoles only, or as I like to call them, current-gen consoles. Yeah. I don't Um, know why I'd said that. (laughs) Yeah. Among other things, you get 500,000 GTA bucks. Is that actually what they're called? Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Every month... (laughs) (laughs) a $10 <laughs> a $10 value. Um, <laughs> so it does mean that you get, cause it's $6 a month, correct?
2: Yeah. $6 a month.
0: So for $6 a month, you get four more dollars than what, if you just decided every month to buy 500,000 savings. Yeah. Savings Costs. stonks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the old uh, marketing trick of, Oh, but if you buy this, we give you extra and you save money. I'll save money. If I wasn't going to buy that to begin with, then, yeah. <laughs> Then i'm spending i love that but no if i don't get it now i don't get the extra were you gonna buy it before the extras were part of it then no you didn't save anything (laughs) exactly either way um yeah what what are y'all's thoughts on uh well we'll talk about this later actually it kind of comes as a part of that we'll save it for later uh (laughs) next thing up fortnite's removal of building seeming oh i don't know what seems uh, seems uh, seems is becoming becoming a new new mode. mode Leakers okay. have found a no-build limited LTM in the game's files. The mode has been highly received by players, and I will say I've seen a lot of people that used to be like "nah" on Fortnite being like, "Oh, cool, I'm going to play Fortnite." I still don't give a damn if I'm being it's honest. It's awesome, but I saw you download it and I was like, "Okay, they won. They won <laughs> somebody over." Yeah, uh, I was. Saul, you're you're one of the you liked Fortnite until building became like the yep. meta, right.
1: I uh, will download it again and play it again if they take out building. I'm not gonna do it in the week trial because um, I think I missed it, but um, I'll definitely do it. If it oh
0: cool. yeah, this was like a this was like a very limited mode. Right? Nine days, like seven yeah. days,
1: nine days. Yep. So I'll definitely play it if they put it back in. It's mm. great. That'd be a fun game it. for us to play with the boys on Discord.
0: <coughs> I guess I, I I don't even know exactly what Fortnite is, but I assume if there's no building, it's, it's a solid, third person battle. It'll it's... be a fun
1: game for me
2: and you to play with people on the Discord. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't think
1: I don't think training can, Brett. Deploy of Fortnite. No, we can use Brett as the gateway to introduce you to the boys and then Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you can see you, you can see Nathaniel you. shrieking. Yeah,
0: the, the boys are the boys is a group.
1: <laughs> a group. I thought you were talking about, you No, know,
0: no, it, it can include anyone. The whole, it, can. it can.
2: You can be a girl and be the boys. That's cool too. It's we're very I inclusive. A, I have a pretty good Fortnite story actually. Oh yeah? Like, What's your Fortnite story? Yeah. Let's hear it. So my old boss, great guy. Uh, tried to play Fortnite once. You know how it has the storm or whatever? And that's how the ring closes. Okay, we, that's what I'm we, about to ask. Yeah. We, were ta- we were talking about it, and he was like, yeah, I didn't really like it because <laughs> I went inside a house to hide from the storm and died.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was like rain. He didn't get into so that, the circle. That's, that's actually a relatively wholesome, moment. reasonable point. Um, as I'm. Au- as I've said too many times, it's, it's weird to me watching my wife play games because you don't realize how inundated into the way games, the, the limitations of games that we understand are. And then you'll watch somebody who doesn't always play them and you'll be like, that's actually a completely reasonable point that they just asked or just tried to do. Like, they're like, can you open this door? And, you know, like we're to the point where like most games, you're like 90% of doors don't open. Don't worry about <laughs> well, it. Just pass them. This, this and guy's as my big a gamer like, <laughs> as I am. You know what I
2: mean? Like, Oh, really? Yeah, this is the guy, I told that story about how I bought my PS5 at work. This was That was him. Oh, the one who was like, yes, go, please. It's like, (laughs) you could have told me and I would have let you leave. (laughs) Like, that kind of guy. Well, like,
0: my uncle plays games fairly often still. I mean, he's not like a huge gamer, but he plays in between different things. Like, his his daughters are getting older, so he's playing a little bit more. And sometimes he'll ask me a question and I'll be like, that's actually a great point. Why is that not... Are like or at least I can be like that's actually I I can understand why you would have thought that direction like yeah in a game where it storms you would think okay get into a get into a structure it'd be more funny if he was like I got into a house I hid in the bathtub put a mattress on top of me and I still <laughs> died it's <a> bull <laughs> but yeah I do I love like seeing that, that I should let my wife play Elden Ring and just see what what comes of it she probably Elden beat Ring it actually you might be one of the games that most of what you would try and do might actually be doable. Maybe so. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Play God of War. Why can't can't I jump? I don't know, (laughs) if I'm being honest. But, all right. uh, Next thing up, Rocksteady's Suicide Squad has been officially delayed to 2023. Big surprise. This means that Rocksteady has not released a game since 2015's Batman... No, it's not. Rocksteady released uh, 2017's Batman VR. That doesn't count. (laughs) <laughs> they haven't released a full title
2: they haven't released something uh, worth my time since 2015
0: Batman VR is actually pretty sick but it's still yeah, just a VR
2: experience it's also on PSVR at the end of the day you ruined PSVR for me so not worth my time
0: uh, fair point fair point <laughs> that Resident Evil 4 is pretty sick wasn't it it's great yeah <laughs> yeah I was like Chris is gonna go home and immediately sell his VR <laughs> I've thought about it it's okay. PSVR 2 is coming. And as we're talking about that, so Sony I. has been showing PSVR 2 and the buzz around the showing has been extremely positive. Chet Falizek, a former writer at Valve, says, quote, had one of those VR moments today playing in the new PSVR 2 HMD. You know, where the world just feels different when you return, close quote. Um, yeah. I remember I saw something about that, and people were saying that like, like his praise of it is a big deal because he's one of the most staunchest defenders of what makes a good VR experience. Uh, and as a Valve Rider, I would assume he had a pretty heavy hand in uh, Half-Life Alex, which is one of the acclaimed games of VR. So with that in mind, that's uh, looking good. I'm excited to hear more about it. This was GDC, so most people had... Heavy NDAs where they could not really talk about it much more than that, but we'll see what comes of it. Uh, Let's see. Next thing with the recent system update indications are that VRR, which is variable refresh rate for those who may not know uh, support is coming in the coming months to PlayStation five, which is great because that's one of these things that they were talking about eventually adding. It is currently a system level feature for Xbox. If I'm not mistaken, that PlayStation doesn't have. uh, And I think it'll be a big boon for certain games that people occasionally have issues hitting a stable frame rate on like Elden Ring for some people and like uh, some of the higher frame rate versions of games uh, that don't quite hit their 60 at all times. Uh, Essentially, the idea is that the screen, if you have one that supports variable refresh rate, can actually change how many hertz, therefore how many frames it builds per second, so that you don't get screen tearing or any kind of weird delay because of the pacing of your frames coming out differently. So it's a great feature. Do you guys think we'll see 1440p support on PS5 like Xbox has? I hope so, because then I could use it on my monitor. Yeah. Someone the other day was like, I don't know why anybody would want that. I said a lot of people use monitors, and a lot of monitors are the ones that have VRR. Most TVs do not have VRR. So if they're Mm going to add that in, 1440p support almost seems like a foredrawn conclusion. I think they did say um,
2: they were doing it, though.
0: I hope. It's a, it's a good idea. I mean, you know, I'm going to still use my TV and eventually I'll buy okay. a new OLED with VRR, but we'll see. All right. The last thing out of this week that is of real value is Sony has acquired Haven Studios. You may remember them as the team. That was headed by Jade Raymond, the producer behind titles like Assassin's Creed 2, and they were originally contracted out and worked with Sony basically as a founder startup with Sony funding them to create an exclusive PlayStation AAA multiplayer title uh, that's a live service game. Uh, from what we understand. So Jim Ryan on the acquisition says, quote, Haven Studios is an emerging studio with an exceptional team of talent and we're delighted to welcome them into the PlayStation or into PlayStation as our first game development studio in Canada, end quote. Uh, The studio is building a AAA multiplayer game, like we said, and whatever Sony is seeing must be exciting. It'll be interesting to find out if they go this route with deviation and or firewalk. Um, Now, first thing, Congratulations to Haven. I mean, that's cool. Jade Raymond is a pretty highly sought-after person, and her time at Google seemed to be highly disrespected. Google Mm -hmm. was just like, yeah, we're not going to let you go ahead. I
2: have a feeling Sony will not shut the studio down before the first game comes out, so maybe she'll have a job for more than a week.
0: (laughs) Same. Definitely when Sony seems to be, I don't want to say desperate because it's not, but Sony seems to be clearly looking in one direction for what they want to start investing in. They're going to continue investing in their normal type of games, but currently they are very head down in the we want to invest in multiplayer. Um, So one of the things that has come out of this that I think if you've been online at all in the gaming circles, you've probably seen at least one person say is the console war. Oh, I guess this goes to show that Sony doesn't do uh, organic growth, which the weird irony that I did not hear anybody Bring that up on the one example of the least organic growth that they've done, right. Bungie. Exactly, Bungie is Bungie is the antithesis, antithesis. There we go. Nice. Of um, how Sony typically goes about their things. Haven is a weird thing because it's been drawing that about how Microsoft buys talent and Sony builds it up slowly but surely mm-hmm. and invest in it before fully acquiring it. Uh, And we've had conversations about that. Like, I think Chris uh, on the episode where Saul was out had mentioned that he's starting to kind of shift his opinion on the idea of Sony just essentially. We talked about that on Discord. I haven't talked about that. That was Discord. That was. Well, uh, something we talked about in person, but it may not have been on the show. Mm -hmm. um, Of you talking about, like, you didn't want, you didn't think that there was much. You're starting to see more value in Sony yeah. just so buying something like what I uh, what I was. I'll just go ahead. Um, What I was saying was
2: that the more I think about acquisitions and like like Colin Moriarty of, of Last Dan, he talks about how he wants them to build studios from the ground up, right? And I've always been like, yeah, that makes sense. But the more I've been thinking about acquisitions, to me, it just makes more sense to go, okay. We love we love remedy games. We love how you guys are. Do you buy remedy or do you just take so you're like Sam like take come on, you're coming to Sony. So you've now and you take a bunch of his staff with you. You've now gutted Remedy. Remedy exists in name only at that point. And you've just created Remedy, but with no with a new studio. You know what I mean? So at a certain point, it just makes more sense to me to just by remedy,
0: or... yeah, and it depends on how it gets made. You know, sometimes <laughs> this happens because they don't poach. Somebody says, "I'm looking to leave remedy for, you know, example, like you said," and they, sure. And then Sony takes that opportunity and says, you, "Hey, that's great." And then a couple of people decide to go. Well, we really liked working with Sam, so uh, if if you'll have a Sam, we'd like to work with you at your new studio. Right. Sometimes it's... it happens in a less poaching way, but sometimes it is poaching. Sometimes it's like, "Hey, but it's even if of, that happens, you remember the." Do you remember the initiative? Yeah. And the the weird, ironic situation of them eventually coming back in with Crystal Dynamics. And the reason being is that a good bit of the staff already at Crystal Dynamics came with the two people that that are heading the initiative, and they came from Crystal Dynamics. And then what are we seeing? We're essentially seeing them two getting pulled other people being joined from other parts of the industry, the two people who were the head people at Crystal Dynamics, their style of workflow is not jiving very well with all these people they brought in from disparate studios. So what do they do? They go, "Ah, eh, let's just go get all the people who know how we work at Crystal Dynamics. This is an actual quote like, oh, well, they know how we work and they work well under this. So we just decided to partner with Crystal Dynamics to, to aid in development. So right. essentially they did exactly what you're talking about, but without buying Crystal Dynamics. They just said, ah, we'll just We'll just contract you out and then have <coughs> you work with our new studio that has leaders that you're used to working with so that we can make this game Yeah, I, I, I can see the value. I just
2: yeah. to me, it just seems to make more sense. like let's say they take Miyazaki from from, right? At that point is from the same from that's making Elden ring no.
0: Right now it'll be it'll be looked at as this is the from that made Dark Souls two, which is what everyone views as the worst Dark Souls game, whether that's true or not.
2: So you at that at the point where you because I feel like if you're poaching people from certain teams, you're poaching them for the talent. Right. You're poaching Miyazaki because of Dark Souls and Elden Ring and Bloodborne. So at that point, you just buy from because you're trying to you're trying to emulate that. Right.
0: Uh, Well, are they? That's that's the real question. I could see if it's a sense where Sony's like, we want to make a game like Destiny, but so we're just gonna poach people from Bungie and then just being like, you know what, why not just buy Bungie and buy Destiny and then we have Destiny? Exactly. I can see that. But if their thought is we like the creative process that Bungie goes through but we're not necessarily trying to make the same game as Bungie, but we like the ideas that some of these people have and the way they approach idea making. So we're going to take some of them and some of other people and make something that's original. Sometimes that's what, is, that's what happens. Sometimes studios are formed from people from studios and they make something that's different. Yeah, but I'm, but still I'm similar, specifically
2: saying right? like if you went and poached Miyazaki, you'd be poaching him in the hopes that he would do something to capture what he's done before.
0: That's Otherwise, their, there's no reason Definitely to Miyazaki, take somebody who's
2: that, even that Kojima, kind of name. Yeah. You want Kojima because of his eccentricness.
0: Like, well, because yes, they're on series, right? Both of yeah. them are known by name when plenty of other directors aren't.
2: Me, me, uh, um, Kojima's kind of a bad example for my point because he kind of just makes whatever the hell he wants. But I think if you're, going, <laughs> if you're going to Miyazaki and you're like, we want you to open a studio for PlayStation, you have a specific view in mind. Even if you go to him and you're like, you can make whatever the hell you want. You could make a kart racer. You're still, you're still not hiring him to make a kart racer. Jim Ryan would be kicking himself in the pants if he poached Miyazaki and he got a kart racer. He's poaching Miyazaki to hopefully get a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne or an Elden Ring. So at that point, buy from because you've now gutted from and now he's just going to have to hire people to do what they do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of my big yeah. point where I just think it makes more yeah. sense. Like if Joe yeah, Schmo, if, if a bunch of Joe Schmoes from these studios, no offense to developers, but if a bunch of random people who we don't know of and maybe are vital to those teams, but they don't necessarily got a studio, start their own studio, then we see yeah. that. We see that with Deviation and Firewalk. But I think if you're <laughs> going for specific stuff, it makes more sense to just buy from then try and open a studio because you don't want to acquire. You'd rather open your own studios, but then have them do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I can see your point. Um, either way, I, in I terms think of that, the, the topic. Yeah, going, going back to this, I think, I, I guess, look, base feeling before anything else is said. So when you look at Haven Studios being open with Sony funding and in partnership with Sony and then being bought a little over a year after that, or uh, about a year after that announcement. In your view, is that organic or inorganic?
1: It depends on if they were bought with uh, their own will. It depends on if Haven wanted to be bought.
0: From everything that's been being said by Jade studio and
1: everyone day. at the studio... If the studio exec sold off just to sell it off and nobody in the studio, developers and such, did not, <coughs> then no. If But if they wanted that and they sought it as a team that they wanted it, then yeah, that would have been an organic grow. But if they did not, no.
0: Yeah, I can actually agree with that. I mean, and it could just be PR, but Jade has said that everyone at the studio, she talked to them because she didn't want it to just be a... It, ha- it needs a, to be a corporate sellout, but a, rather that everyone agreed that it was a ninety-nine
1: percent of the studio would have wanted it. Then, then sure, but mm-hmm. if it's one of those horror stories that we hear, which we we'll, you know we'll know in, in months or less, it's not even has to be years at this point.
0: True. That's yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, yeah, I, I, could, I could agree agree with that. Uh, I think uh, one of the things I saw is Hoglaw on Twitter came to mm. kind of this point. And it's really funny seeing people be very defensive about the state of organic or not. I saw a lot of PlayStation fans, very hardcore PlayStation fanboys, um, attacking him because he said something to the effect of this, it, 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 to the effect of Microsoft's and Tencent and everyone else who's being very big. Uh, towards acquisitions right now, he's saying that Microsoft and those people are putting pressure on Sony to move in a quicker fashion than usual. And a lot of people are like, "That what? What? How is this not organic?" And he never said it wasn't, but people are being very iffy and, and kind of toxic to what that actually means. And I found it interesting because of the fact. That that is the way I would describe this. If someone looked at me and was like, what would you call this? I'd say this is organic, but the difference is is that Sony didn't have the time because of the pressure of potentially losing Haven to someone else in the future. Sony didn't have the time to go their normal timeline of a few years and a few releases of... Proven growth, and instead Sony had to look and go. We've got a great relationship. This is seeming to work out really well. Everyone at the studio is liking the freedom that we give, and we're liking the product that they're giving back to us. So instead, we're going to make the des- decision to buy them off of the promise of what we see, rather yeah. than the the stone cold known success of a product that's actually come out. And I don't think that that's a weird position. I think that this is or this is more organic than just being like, hey, we're going to buy you Activision. I mean, yeah. Is it a little less feel-good as being like, look at that. They released seven games with Sucker Punch and then said, hey, Sucker Punch, we're going to buy you is really four. But point being, nonetheless, that that's how Sony has typically done things. They didn't buy Insomniac until very recently, <laughs> and Insomniac has made probably 15 exclusive games for PlayStation over the last you know 10 years or whatever it be so yeah uh, all that said I think it's a weird position that people are arguing about the organic n- nature of this and even the importance of organic I mean there is an importance to it uh, even we've said that there it does it's great when a studio has this happen because there is a understanding a mutual relationship that already exists and that relationship is very close and they understand how to work and I think that in some ways that's why it makes sense that Microsoft bought Bethesda mm-hmm. they had a very close relationship with Bethesda as we saw with all of the modding elements of Skyrim and we saw Sony be a thorn in Bethesda's side over that so I would agree all things said so
2: Go ahead. It's, it's funny because my take is that this is neither inorganic nor organic this is exactly what everybody wanted this is Sony just opened a new studio it's so all they did. I mean, they've been yeah. they've been funding Haven since before day one. day one. Yep. All they did was make it official. They created a new studio with Jade Raymond. Yeah.
0: And this is But with but with an out, in case it didn't in right. case if it, if it that, didn't seem to check out.
2: Right. If if for some reason no one wanted to work with her or the game came out and it was just you know dog doo doo, they could they could cut it. But the game clearly looks insane. And if you saw the concept art, looks cool. Concept art seems neat, so yeah. I don't know. I think it's funny because I've been seeing these inorganic, organic stuff, even in our Discord. I think someone brought it up, and I'm like, "No, this is just them creating a new studio,"
0: which is what people have been ascribing toward organic. Right. Well, and it's and it's funny because
2: if they bought Kojima tomorrow, same thing. It'd be the exact same.
0: They have a, they they had been a funding very it long, since day one. Yeah. <laughs> And they have a long-running relationship with Kojima as an individual. Sure. So, like, yeah. at
2: that in that sense, it would have made sense for this to happen. But like mm-hmm. right now, so Sony basically built Kojima Productions. So if they bought them, it would just be them. They opened a studio with Kojima, and now it's a first party. I don't know. I don't think this is this has anything to do with acquisitions in the same sense as Bethesda or Nexus or Valkyrie or Housemart Insomniac, yeah. <clears throat> This is a new studio they made official. They put a ring on.
0: Yeah, my thing from day, like from moment one when this was announced, was like, I'm sure that when they first funded this and agreed to partner with them, there was always a, a clause or whatever you want to call it, an option where if Sony could say we get first dibs on if you ever decide to sell the company, like you oh. know, or or we, get, or we have the ability to come in and say, yes, this is working to what we thought. Here's our offer and you can accept or decline. Yeah, I'm sure was... That's, that was built in from moment one because why mm-hmm. would you even put this much money and pressure behind if you didn't have some intention of being like, if it works in our favor, we would like some form of benefit over everyone else because we helped you get this spring, springed off the ground. You know, it was, we were a springboard right. for this to happen. You got to imagine if your
2: new studio is making an exclusive IP funded by Sony for the PS5. That's an audition. You have to know that going in, going into it, right? Like it would be kind of crazy to think it's not.
0: Yeah. Best case scenario, you get, or uh, depending on who, what you want, but best case scenario, you get bought because they absolutely love. Were a, a middling scenario. They like your stuff but are still unsure of whether they want to put a ring on it. So mm-hmm. they keep working with you closely and just, you know, insomniacing it for a while, even though I'm pretty sure Insomniac just didn't want to sell for a long time. I think that's right. actually the difference. But, uh, yeah. Or worst case scenario, they go, ah, this isn't working. And just like they did with Ninja Theory, they're like, ah, eh, see ya.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately. Fun and then fact,
1: Microsoft got bleeding edge. Today marks the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. Oh. Still, never played. But they watched to this day in Japan.
0: Lead, lead me into again. everlasting darkness. Man, Kingdom Hearts. I had a dream that Kingdom Hearts Four got revealed last night.
2: Yeah, Who, and it was, was coming new, this year. Uh, what was the new uh Disney? Was it Marvel?
0: Actually, I don't think Disney was involved in it at all. Oh,
1: was it Capcom? In they my just dream, went to a portal.
2: It was Kingdom Hearts, which is weird.
1: Capcom. I, w- I would honestly prefer it this way now. If they could do Square Enix and Kingdom Hearts, I think that'd be better. Sora versus Look, after three, Disney, Disney. What was the best world the th- what, other than Tony? Uh, other than Tony Hawk. Um, Toy Story. Every other Disney world in that game was trash. Oh well, I'll say that.
0: Pirates was actually cool.
1: No, I like uh, Pirates. Uh, and uh, Big Hero Six. Big Hero Six. Yeah, Big Hero Six and Toy Story. Every other one was trash. What's the point of Frozen being in there for such a short period of time? Uh, tangled for such a short period of time. Don't me wrong, my excitement
0: for the Kingdom Hearts games. Ninety nine percent of it has zero to do with Kingdom Heart. with uh, Disney. with
1: Disney. If I'm
0: being honest, What's I crazy. like the aspect. What's
1: crazy is the first two aren't like that for me.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I think the first two, Tarzan. The first two wear their Disney inspiration better into the story than yeah. the eventually they did. But it, the problem is, is that they've kind of gotten sucked into the fact that Kingdom Hearts is expected to have Kingdom that to uh, have Disney.
1: Yeah. So even just if, kind of have to even if that's not what
0: you're trying to do, you're like, I'm over here trying to tell a story about a boy whose, you know, heart is being broken, and, and the importance of friendship and power. I'm not really worried about all this other, like the Disney parts of all the games that have always consistently
1: worked is Donald, Goofy, Mickey. A story about a why young,
0: why is that not Disney enough for everyone?
1: Right, a young story about a boy with an edgy friend. He gets his heart broken by a brown haired woman. And he really kind of learns through life uh, lessons with a mentor. I, f- I freaking love Boy Meets World, man. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. All right, guys. Uh, let's see. What we were talking about earlier and kind of what we wanted to end the show off on is uh, there was a tweet that I, I saw that I feel like I'm correctly ascribing to our buddy Ryan um, on Twitter. Um, and it was someone talking about GTA Plus, And... What was kind of brought as a result of that is this idea that GTA Plus is going to be the first stepping stone toward Rockstar doing this with all their future games before eventually the success of GTA Plus and then Rockstar doing it and then Spartacus if it's successful and then Game Pass is that the industry as a whole is going to largely move towards a subscription-based gaming future. And essentially, what are our thoughts on that? Uh, And how likely do we think it is to happen? And if it happens, how good, bad, or neutral of a thing that it is? Do you think that's a fair way to kind of phrase what we're talking about or what we agreed to talk about? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Now, I guess first question. First question out of all that. Do you think the emergence of GTA Plus is a sign towards a rapidly expanding industry change towards subscription model?
1: PS Plus? No. No, no, uh, GTA Plus. Oh, okay. Uh, GTA Plus, absolutely. Okay. Do I think it's for the betterment or not?
0: Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll there. So, it, Chris, yeah. Chris, do you think that GTA Plus, just as what it is, is signs of a rapidly increasing subscription model being pushed into gaming? Mm, yes and no. I think that me and you might be in the same part. I don't necessarily think it's proof of it being rapidly expanding, but it's clearly proof of the idea wanting to be toyed around with more and more frequently. But I don't know if I'm to the point that I would look at it from a rapid. And I think some of that is because of the way that PlayStation has approached subscription services and Project Spartacus might be the tipping point depending on how they approach it and what actually it is it encapsulates as to whether i want to start considering it more rapid or not that's my that's my current feel and this coming week could very much have a big impact on
1: that yeah uh honestly i think that the gta stuff is hard to talk about with the potential of next week's news that i think about it or the potentiality of next week's news.
0: Yeah, certainly. Look, let, let me back up for a second. Let's look at this from the more minor scale that he kind of talked about of moving this towards Rockstar. Or at least let's just kind of focus towards Rockstar. Do you guys think that GTA Plus is any indicator of them fairly soon doing something similar for Red Dead? No. a Red Dead Redemption? Red Red, no. No. Red Dead online
1: is dead. Yep. Is it? Yeah, I, I
0: really, I don't know. I never got into it. I've also they, never. They got don't
1: update on it. On. There are things in it that are broken that they they either if they don't if they fix it's weeks and weeks after. So when you say dead, do y'all
0: mean that people don't play it or that it's not played enough it's for not, Rockstar to care about updating? No, Rockstar actually, I think it's doesn't care enough. about it.
1: Yeah, I think it's played enough. I think that the, most of the community ends up leaving because it's not cared about. Do you Rockstar? Do you guys find yes. it weird that they wouldn't try and
0: replicate that success? with Red Dead Online or do you think that they actually looked at it like we're going to do Red Dead Online but we still want to focus on GTA 5 because it's a proven success I don't think they needed to
1: I think that they that the second part was that GTA 5 was such a proven success that they they inv- ended up canceling the single player DLC mm-hmm. for it and then what they decided to do instead of doing single player DLC was to continue this and then instead of thinking about what they could do for Red Dead, they wanted to maintain the success that they had with GTA V. So instead of trying to invent the, reinvent the wheel with Red Dead, they just wanted to keep the success rolling.
0: Well, I wonder if part of it was a fear of cannibalizing the proven success of GTA 5 by something that may not be been. a continued success. It could have been. Because, like, if Red, Dead was a, if Red Dead Online was a flash in the pan,
1: like, team, and like worked for a having, while, having certain parts of the team, like, not working on things. Yeah, um, and, and, and yeah. then
0: you run the risk of pulling people off of GTA, and that wheel has not even, it's like they don't even need to grease that wheel, right? It's just a constant, it's got the best bearings that the industry's ever seen. It just keeps spinning and spinning <laughs> and spinning, and they're just like, yeah, we'll keep letting it spin and spin and then we'll put a new skateboard on it and and then oh hey look the same wheel on a new skateboard and then they'll just keep doing that Um, I could kind of see that Um, All right, so as we continue on would do you guys view the thought of push towards an industry that is overwhelmingly subscription based do you view that as negative neutral or positive neutral I'm gonna start neutral okay neutral and negative okay so why for each one of you chris if you're you're, you're saying neutral what is it about it that keeps it as a more or less indifferent thing for you
2: uh subscription services are entirely optional
0: okay for you as a personal gamer do you think it impacts you positively no. oh. or negatively uh, I, <sighs> or neutral I don't know. Maybe I'm being pedantic, but I can't answer that question because you don't feel like we live in that yet for you to have experienced no, it. No, I don't. Is it-
2: That's a very specific question because if if Apex had a subscription service that gave me the Battle Pass every time, gave me Legend Coins, and I don't know, did something for me for six bucks a month, I would subscribe to it.
0: Okay. Well,
2: then but I think that I don't care I th- about GTA Plus. It does nothing for me. So sure. right now, none of the games that I play and care about have a subscription service, except Final Fantasy fourteen. So, but if so, they
0: move to one, then do you start to the, view it more negatively, or is it very much dependent on what the subscription service is because yeah, of it's, it being optional?
2: It's going to depend on the subscription service because if if the Apex subscription service only just was like this is how you play the game you need to subscribe to play, yeah, I'd be pissed. But if it gave me skins and coins and perks for a couple bucks a month, I'd be happy. That's a question that entirely depends on who's doing it.
0: Both of you, this is for my own education, both of you, I think at least, that to some extent, have played Grand Theft Auto Online, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. My question here, and it's a genuine question because I, people talk about other things, is there any way... That you guys see that GTA plus giving people $500,000, you know, 500,000 GTA bucks a month creates any kind of unfair paid advantage against free players. Cause like the reason I ask is like your example of apex, right? If, if apex is just, they're giving you skins and the battle pass, things that are entirely non, they, they don't give you any kind of improvement anywhere. Um, they're just strictly visual or whatever it be yeah. that you would go for it. Then yeah. So in GTA Five, does that money not go towards something that would create an imbalance to where players could potentially push you out and such, or put potentially push newer players or free players out of the game disproportionately? You, you said no. I'm I'm assuming that's no, still stays. because I
2: can spend ten bucks today and get the same amount of, car, of
0: money. Uh, Again, point point being is uh, essentially pay to win. That's what I'm asking, is that does this as a subscription uh, amount similar to the idea of pay to win? I understand, but isn't
2: me spending the $10 pay to win in in that scenario? So if if the option to pay to win is already currently
0: available, then... Well, that's what I'm asking. Is it? It, it, it doesn't have to be tied to the subscription. Even if you look at the ten no, no, thousand, is people being able to buy money create a pay to win situation in Grand Theft Auto, or is the game designed in such a way that what you buy with that money doesn't actually impact your ability to overpower someone? Well, it depends
2: on what you buy. You could spend that five hundred thousand dollars on modding cars and like okay. just making them look cool, you know, okay. or just buying apartments. Like, there's a lot of ways to spend sure. that money. I just don't. I don't think in this specific scenario, it's any more pay-to-win than the microtractions that already exist.
0: I guess I should ask, is GTA, is GTA Online competitive in any sense? I don't even know that. It can
2: be. You can do, like, Team Deathmatch and stuff. I don't okay. really know. I'm not big on the, like, cocaine warehouse shit that they have in there. <laughs>
0: okay. So I don't Because well, what I'm thinking, like, engage. if it is competitive to any degree, can you buy weapons that would give you a benefit over other people that they can't? Buy, but then at the same time, is that already inherently in the game? That's It really there. goes to show just how ignorant to the game I am. I don't know what the online component is. I I guess I assume that the idea behind the online is it's just the chaotic non-story parts of Grand Theft Auto, but with other players in the city alongside you. Is that yeah, kind of the idea? Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to turn a question to you. Positive, negative, neutral on the general future of games being more subscription based?
1: I think that a subscription base in general for anything is becoming a negative. I don't think that it inherently means that it's a negative, but, but it's I being think,
0: used in a negative fashion.
1: I think that it has the potential to be abused by companies. Um, I think that subscription services are replacing the very standard things that uh, you often just have rights to purchase outright. They're being replaced with subscription fee- services that are completely um, not needed uh, at all. And I don't like the way that we're moving as technology and, and humans into this era. Um, I've spoke about this like two weeks ago about this exact same thing potentially happening. And it's like Rockstar listened and was like, you know what? We're going to create a subscription service for our game entirely.
0: Before we get too far away from it, just so I, I understand, listeners understand, whatever. Um, what are your examples of your view of, of your statement of subscription services replacing things that you could otherwise buy individually? Do you mean strictly from like a microtransaction standpoint? Um, Is your fear that there will literally become a point where, instead of being able to spend the $10 for Grand Theft Auto online bucks, that you're going to be forced to have to pay the subscription version to get that value? Or uh, what do you mean by that statement? Uh,
1: If if you have examples to help clarify. Well, I'll just break it down. So with a PlayStation, I have to have a PS Plus subscription to play online. Okay. Um, And that's a half. Like, I have to have that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to have internet to play online entirely. Those are requirements that I understand are needs not requirements um i mean those are requirements not needs that's um uh, or those are requirements not wants. that oh, yeah, i need okay. i i have to have that to play online um those are forgivable quote unquote those are just that's i know that those are just going to have to be what it's going to have to be um we got that way though by accepting the fact that we now play for playstation when last year you did not sure up until the end right i think is how that worked or um, well, PS,
0: PS3 but yeah well, oh, yeah. It, it is well, hard I, I, you're right it's, it's hard to look at yeah, new gen we, systems it's and, weird yeah
1: um, but we did that because Microsoft set the example of that people will pay for this let's do it and we're in this exact same thing now but with games so now Rockstar is at this weird thing of like let's create this uh, subscription service for our game which a subscription service for a game typically has been exclusive to MMOs there's been I'm sure there's weird niche examples of this happening in other games But it typically is with MMOs. Now, the difference is that you have to pay that to play the MMO. You don't have to pay that to play this. Um, I do not know enough about GTA Online to know if this gives you any kind of advantage or not. Um, Like Chris said, this is completely optional.
2: What's up, Chris? I asked Blake... Because Blake plays, and he's, I said, are microtransactions GTA Online a fame of port of pay to win? In your opinion, he <laughs> says somewhat. At least in free room, you can buy your way into special apartments that have guided missile systems, flying cars with rockets. But you can use that stuff in missions or anything. So it depends.
0: You can't use it in missions. You can. So it's
2: oh, it can't. oh, you can. I'll I'll clarify. But yeah, I that, think that, he,
0: he says can because if you can if you can use those things in missions, does that give you a higher chance of completing the mission, therefore getting more money, and then being able to further buy yourself into being able to uh, essentially yes. bully down on other people? That if is, that's
1: what I'm understanding, that is here. how the mission structure kind of does work. I do remember that, unless that's yeah. changed from how it used to be. You um, can't use but, it in missions. Okay, can't. Good. That, okay that 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 checks out. Then. So yeah, this this is almost the same. It's as like,
0: like chaos in free roam, but controlled in a mission environment where you could otherwise unfairly benefit, right? Because I mean, could like, essentially, well, no, if you had those, if you had the final, ability for those in, in mission, you could complete missions easier and quicker, and therefore, in in game, is free roam though. I mean, the that's, only that's reason true.
1: the only reason to do uh, missions is to be better in free roam. And so, this automatically gives you a leg up without having to it, do something. Yeah,
0: missions. I am assuming because I, I, I don't even know what the That's missions are. That's how it was are. when
1: I played it. So, so the p- missions aren't like individual
0: instances, right? The missions happen within well, the same world? Well, they are, but it's like it's, like, it's like a strike. So it loads you into a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a, a strike. Yeah,
1: it, it takes you out of the world and puts you in this new world with like three uh, match-made people or friends or whatever. Okay. And then, then you end up with a the mission, then you're outside the building in free room again. It's so like you're just standing there and then... You have all your upgrades, and then people are out in the world with you.
0: Once you complete the mission, yeah. you come back. It kind of uh, like as if you automatically went back to the tower,
1: or or, or, or like, like when you complete a mission in GTA, you, like you walk out of the building, and you're standing there like in the open world again. It's kind of like that, but there suddenly players.
0: you're loaded back yeah. into the the grand server. Yeah. So,
1: but so like there's a way, and, and this is cynical, but or actually this is pessimistic. But if this is a, a company driven thing, they're in it for the money. Sure. So you can only assume that eventually it's going to get to the point of like where it's going to be unneeded. It's going to be uh, and by that I mean that it's going to be strictly for people who do want to pay to win. Because you could argue that pay to win is in mobile games and you it's an option, but even then if you don't use that option, then you will be stuck like the game then becomes designed around using that option. Okay. That the second we hit that step, which is what I classify as step 1, because we're in step 0 now that's when it automatically be- becomes a no-argumental negative. Because if at that point you're designing your game to be then paid to win, and when you start that, you put everybody else who has the option but chooses not to pay at a disadvantage yes, inherently yeah. by game design. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, Specifically from a game design and that that is, that is where I will fundamentally disagree on this. And then here's the, the problem this is what I talked about a couple months ago, is this will spread like the plague. So, Rockstar gets away with it. Well, then, I I promise you, I actually guarantee you within six months Ubisoft will do this. I I, I, I want somebody to on, let's see, it will be on September the 27th. If Ubisoft has not done this, I will give the first person who points that out $100. But I am that I am that confident that, they, that Ubisoft well, will not and, create and this is already, subscription And this is already service. not
0: the first time of this, right? This is essentially akin to Fallout First, which is part of Fallout 76. And I have a better understanding of what that is. Yeah.
1: And once again, inherently, this does not mean a bad thing. But companies want money. Mm-hmm. So you can automatically assume that it has to have a profit in there. So,
0: Chris, go ahead and then I have a kind of a point slash question or thought process, but go ahead. You had something. No, I'm just, I don't
2: know. I'm not confused. I understand the point. I just don't, I don't understand why you seem to have like such a So you have a vehement issue with it because like, what's the context where it's bad until like, I feel like this is one of those things where like, you'll know it's bad when it's bad you know
1: but right. like well that's, until how, that's how it's bad
2: it's not it's not it's not even it's almost not even like worth even thinking
1: about because right. it's completely until rockstar until rockstar decides to take advantage of it and then when they decide to take advantage of it by changing around game design to give it in the players advantage of doing this instead yes. of not yeah that sure is that's point. the point if, and, if, and, and 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 here's why i brought up rockstar canceling single-player dlc was that they decided that instead of putting their people onto single player aspects of the game, if they've always traditionally done, they've changed it and they made it to a multiplayer thing. So they've been focusing on this multiplayer aspect of their game for so long that I'm not going to call. I'm not going to say and be that uh, pessimistic and say, yeah, they will do this, but it's not going to surprise I think anybody that if, if they, they start would. to cho- change game design to this and then. No. But here's uh, the thing. Well, and here's the thing with with like Rockstar, I'm not going to say that they have been a scummy company in the past with stuff like this. I can't think of a single example when they've shoehorned people <laughs> into having to pay for stuff like this. But when you have game devs for like Ubisoft, I will go back to them, where devs came out and said that some of the stuff in Assassin's Creed uh, Limited Edition was actually scheduled for the game. And they, they hit it behind a limited edition paywall, yep. that's when you start to get scummy game design.
0: Well, see, it's like it's like we talk about, and it's always it's, things don't have to be inherently bad. Like microtransactions no. are not inherently bad, but when microtransactions lead you to doing like what Assassin's Creed Odyssey did, where they purposely cut the experience rate from what was expected from previous game uh, you know, origins to make it to where you more slowly level up unless you buy a double XP boost. Which then essentially puts the game at where universally everyone says feels in line roughly with where Origins was before and what would make sense for standard game pacing. Then, what you're doing is you're adjusting game mechanics in the need to, in an order to try and push someone towards buying something that is not required, but is so inherently against them from the beginning that you are pushing people into doing and into buying it. And so, even if they don't make it, like you said, it's when they start changing game design to push people. Into buying it,
1: yes, is that when instead of leaving it
0: as an optional, you can buy it at any point. But if you don't, here's a here's a
1: reasonable form
0: of the game. Once they
1: push the fact that you have an inherent disadvantage, yeah, um, without you making that choice. Now, I don't remember if it was uh, Blake I got in a conversation with on this. I think it was, but I might be wrong. But we were talking about this whole Assassin's Creed thing, and we were talking about how when you have specific items in game made for limited editions, um, pre-order bonuses and stuff like that, I brought it up as a point that eventually some of that stuff gets put in the game no charge. Yeah, Sometimes it gets sold on the PlayStation Store for $4. At what point, ethically and morally, do you... You'll never know, but at this point it's like, that $4 sword that they're selling extra only has a $4 value because they deemed it as so to put in a pre-order bonus. But... How do you know that that sword was created in mind of being a predator bonus and they did not just take one of the swords they had that was going to be in the game originally. And then go, hey, let's, just and then, hey let's, let's take this out. Let's take access away from this. And then the second stuff like that proves that it happens like it did with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I think, or Origins, whichever one that came out where the devs were like, we took things out specifically to put them in the market. Like, yep. we took things out of the game that you would have had for free and charged you for them.
0: And, of course, it, it's anecdotal. We don't ever completely know, but at
1: least the, right. it's the, the concept a behind that, that
0: yeah, that it's, is... It's
1: the planting a seed philosophy of, like, well, now you have this happen. Well, like I said, Rockstar's never given you a choice, but the second Ubisoft starts doing this, it's like, okay, now they for sure, are like, they're more likely to do something that I would have negative thoughts on than Rockstar, but
0: it doesn't. it's still, or at least the more hands that are in the
1: pot, the more likely that someone right. will start to do unsavory and, things. And by nature, somebody
0: with dirty hands is eventually going to put
1: their hands in the pot. And exactly. And by nature of having dirty hands, you have the arms that are started to have those hands. And I think that this is the arms. This is this process here with Rockstar doing this is the arms of the machine. The dirty hands will follow. And I and it's it's by nature just how this will work. This is what I said. You know, when we talked about this not too long ago. That's my stance on it all. I don't like it just because it's opening up windows for more subscription services. And subscription services don't have to be a bad thing. But there are things in this world that have subscription services now that have never had subscription services in the past. You used to be able to buy Photoshop for like $400. Now you have to pay $10 a month for it. Guess what? In 40 months' time, you've you've lost your money. Uh, It's the same thing with like renting your router from your cable company it's the same thing with like you can go buy these things or you used to be able to now you physically can't you you can't sometimes. buy yeah. it's not Sony Vegas anymore but it's because they sold it but it's you can't go buy Vegas editing software anymore at a premium I don't think last time I tried you could not yeah it was on a subscription yeah service. they moved. So that might have
0: changed because it's, it's more beneficial to them yeah, and they'll make more more money. beneficial and that's, to you right Cause you get… Of, you get included in updated versions, but well, at the same and, time, and if you just
1: want to buy something because this current version fits your needs. Or or it's a beneficial because maybe you don't have $500 to show up. You have $20 this month, and you don't use it for four months. Then it makes perfect sense. Sure. But not everything has to be that way.
0: But it, it, it goes back to uh, what Jehudi
1: MD said in the, the community's take. Options are good. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When Vegas sold out in 2017 or 16, I think they, they've stopped making this. It's seven seventy nine a month. Ooh. Um, and I might be reading this wrong. You know, Vegas Edit 365 valid until when? So it's a month. Actually, that's not a month. That's like six days. Yeah. So I don't know why you would do this to begin with. But look what it's called, Pro 19. Why are you buying a three-year-old, outdated model for seven something dollars a month?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, well, Walmart Plus exists, so we're in a whole new world. What is what is Walmart Plus? Is that Justin Timberlake? but no, scrolling fastly, what?
0: Walmart Plus is Justin Timberlake. That's what that it sound like you What is the most confusing thing I've ever heard? What is Walmart Plus? Is that Justin, Justin Timberlake? Timberlake? <laughs> it's Justin Timberlake in disguise. But what,
1: what is Walmart Plus? Wait a second. Is I, that the little discount system they have? I have no clue. Yeah, what it I think is.
0: so. I think it gives, and I think for certain things it gives you like first uh, dibs. I think like PlayStation fives, they'll alert you before they alert like other people. You'll get a. Chance oh, what a sham! I don't know if that's true. I could be wrong. But I know. Let that, me pay this mil- 1000000 dollars corporation an extra couple bucks a month. So Kiki that- mentioned that he was able to get Vince's PS5 somehow, some way through benefit of PS of
1: a uh, Walmart Plus. Rather right now, now, if that's all Walmart Plus is, that's dumb. If it has other services, which I'm sure it does, I'm gonna look it up right now. But let's what does community take for the episode?
0: Um. I guess we can we can rotate it around this in particular. Uh, you know, how do you feel about games moving more towards subscription services? And is it something that you like, dislike, or, or neutral toward? I mean, kinda I guess I can pose them the same questions that you guys were posed.
1: Okay. Walmart plus is actually I, I can't see the price, but this looks really well done. This is you get early access to promotions.
0: Okay.
1: Uh including Black Friday. You get free shipping with no minimum order. Okay. You get free delivery from your store. Okay. So your local store brings it to you for free. This you is get, basically Amazon Prime. You get well, you, Hold on. This ain't done. You get discounts on pharmaceuticals. Okay. You get cheaper gas prices. Okay. Five cents a gallon. That's actually kind of a lot. Yeah. Depending on how much you have to get up. And then you scan items as you shop in the stores and it pays off your phone and you're, you don't have to check out at all. Okay. So you go through with your buggy and then you scan everything and then you just pay it and I guess you walk out. It, yeah it's it's like an in store version of so this Prime. is one hundred percent one of those subscriptions i'd say this is this is worth it this is where subscription services are like this is the little little hope that subscription services work really well. who's playing Xophone or is that your low battery warning ah, oh, ha i heard i heard uh, yeah it's heard, do, 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 do. yeah all it's right. a good thing we're wrapping up, I guess. It
0: is a good thing we're wrapping up. These can, these headphones are getting on their last leg.
1: Hey, and don't forget you can, <laughs> you can visit the the Triangle Square subscription service at com, <laughs> 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 Where you can pay a dollar a month. That's only 100 and wait, 365 a year. Oh, you said got, wait, you were guys, throwing we got stones it. in uh, in a glass house. A glass house? Small. dude. I this is like this is like candy rock house is what we're in. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, guys, we, we've got to start. We've got to start changing the mechanics of the show to benefit people who pay, so that they want to pay.
1: Wait oh, dude. Minute. Okay, I guess listeners, let's put them at like what is the lowest kilobyte you can put as audio? <laughs> yeah, if you listen through Spotify, gonna- <laughs> you're going to listen to 64 kilobytes per. <laughs> Bro, you're going to be listening. Okay, so yeah, starting today on, if you listen to this show for free, uh, Shuhei will or Shuhei. I don't know why I said Shu Shuhei will just murder you. That's whoa. that's that's number one. If you're at a dollar a month, um, I'm coming for you. If you're at five dollars a month, you're in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're in the clear on like f- on Fridays and Thursdays of every month. Tuesdays, you're I got hundred bucks a month. coming for you. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, and uh Not with intent of bodily are harm. Are we still talking about death? or Are we talking about something else? Uh, Both, but. You guys can answer our community's take, which is, of course, what do you think of the Rockstar subscription situation? Uh, you can find us at Triangle... Uh, what do I do that? You can find us at Twitter at Triangle SQRD. You can find us at Discord in the link in the description below. You can find us on YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces. And, of course, you can find us across all podcast services.
0: The irony is your face is going to be cut off in the YouTube video at this point because oh, you're going to be, be out of frame. I'm
1: going to be out of frame. I had to stand up. These chairs suck after for so long. Um, but with that being said we thank you all for this episode and check us out <laughs> next week
0: <laughs> oh thanks guys shout Bye. out to our patrons the lord corgi salvador garcia ham and egger bailey robertson rob Wartpoint, mark schutz cypher primus kyle grimm rude days 93 joshua lago kevin bacon bits luke rabbit danny villiobos solitary red jehudi md sean josh ayres Derek porter Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you all.